0: You are listening to the Red Leaf Retrocast Gaming, Anime, and Wrestling. Your best location to learn, remember, and relive the past to the present. We watch old and seasonal anime, play old and new video games, and watch all the wrestling we can. You are listening to the Wrestling Cast episode, and I hope you enjoy. <sighs> It is episode 22 of the red leaf wrestlecast this title is called wrestle kingdom the unboxing anniversary so as we do if you yeah if you can tell by the title you can tell what shows we're gonna cover (laughs) i am your host jd of the red leaf retrocast i'm joined here with my buddy rad zero how you doing i'm doing good thanks a lot for having me again jd i am your co-host for the red
1: leaf cast here we have an amazing store and store uh amazing show in store for you guys can't wait to uh get down right to it
0: we got a stacked show uh it is our first real show of the year coming off our best of 2018 wrestling cast which was a lot of fun to do definitely uh, recommend going out to listen to that we got some hate rad right? we did we got a oh, lot of really hate. yeah which parts? uh we got a hate we got hate for Walter being our calculated number one even though uh we said omega and johnny gargano and others were you know our voted best uh, but we got a lot of hate for our calculated ones uh not enough wwe names they say
1: <laughs> oh wow that's interesting
0: okay yeah and omega not being number one and those those kind of things uh so, Walter being put high got a lot of flack. But if you're a listener of the cast, you shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that was a super fun episode. Uh, today, we have a little AEW talk. We got some Drew McIntyre talk. Beyond Wrestling, uh, our, re- our spotlight is Legion of Doom. Uh, brought to us by our November contest winner for the wrestling cast is Gkeeper30. He got to pick... Uh, our wrestler spotlight. And he picked the road warriors slash Legion of doom. He actually Very forgot. Cool. He actually forgot the name and he just sent me a picture going, I remember these guys and I really want you guys to talk about them. They'll get me down nostalgia road. Well, isn't that the point part of the point of our, uh, our wrestler spotlight, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> so big thanks to G keeper. His Twitter is at gkeeper 30 underscore. So definitely go and follow him and thank him for picking that our indie scene. Uh this is this is going to be the start of our new uh tweaked format. Uh less WWE, less Ring of Honor kind of kind of deal. Uh you know, just going to keep up with their major major shows along the year. So NXT UK Takeover, uh NXT Takeover and Rumble will be in the next episode, not in this one. But our indie scene, we got MLW, we got Impact Wrestling. We got uh stardom, Ice Ribbon, WXW. Lots of that. Um progress chapter 82 wrestle kingdom 13 and then naturally we end with our little WCW segment and we are at spring stampede from April 19th 1998 yep stacked episode this is gonna be super fun rad and if you've noticed yes in 2019 we have the new artwork all in full swing that was brought to us by Craig from Mason Craig. Twitter, Twitter.com slash Mason Craig. He did all the artwork you see here for the Red Leaf Retrocast. So thank him. And if you want more artwork done, hit him up. Oh, all right. <laughs> now, that's all, now that's all done. So before we get started on this thing, any particular shows or wrestling you would like to discuss, Rad? I have three things I'd like to discuss, but I want to know what's on your mind.
1: Okay, um... I'll definitely wrestle kingdoms so i know we're gonna do njpw uh uh that's probably it that's the only thing that i can think of right now everything that you know you you pretty much already mentioned that i wanted to discuss on this episode so i'm intrigued to see what you have in store for us
0: okay well i got to i, I mentioned this briefly on our our uh, wrestler of the year cast how i started the new year uh i did go to beyond wrestling's show heavy lies the crown crown event on new year's i got to see uh, tracy williams 300 plus day 17 defense title reign come to an end against orange cassidy a major rising indie star so, so uh, i pro i was probably the only guy in that in, in that audience that wanted tracy williams to win <laughs> oh wow <laughs> So, um, super well, super fun, well-timed match ending with Williams uh, selling his ankle being worked and unable to hit the finisher, getting Cassidy to take advantage. Uh, what's funny is you can actually see me, hard cam, in the crowd, and my reaction when Williams goes down. He went for his pile driver, then grabbed his ankle. Yeah, yeah it was re- It's really funny. I kind of marked out. I was like, oh, no! <laughs> Very cool. Um, and then a weird ending to the main event. Uh, when the clock struck midnight, the main event started and uh that was an e c w style fans bring your own weapons match uh it was really fun like dumb gimmick thing uh but the, it had a weird ending that just nobody popped for uh which was what did you take uh i thought it was really weird as well um okay it was Nick gage against josh Briggs in their whole uh josh briggs is on a is on the best winning streak in beyond wrestling's history and mm-hmm. um Nick gage is you know the the ex ex-con a bank robber badass dude so they do an ecw style match and it ends with i believe a guitar shot over the head or something and then um instead of like a a one two three count or a tap out or anything briggs puts a sleeper hold choke on him you know kokita clutch style and then gage gives the ref the middle finger and passes out and uh i don't think I, I think everybody felt the same way and they go, well, that's a weird way to end a hardcore match <laughs> with the whole pass out. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we all got what they were going for, but it just didn't come across. Why? Right. But regardless, it was the best, uh, beyond wrestling show I have been to to date. So, uh, you can actually go check that out on independent TV. Hmm. Independent wrestling. TV. That's a new little site. Cool stuff. So AEW had a rally, Rad. Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wonder which one. Oh, well, it's this new upstart <laughs> company called All Elite Wrestling by some, you know, some nobody indie wrestlers.
1: <laughs> Only the hottest thing going today.
0: Yeah, it was earlier this week, and uh, I watched the rally. can't, You know, it came across yeah, as so did I. As, a, as like a hype press conference, but it was a rally oh, man, at I- the end of the day.
1: Yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed it. I think it really did have that history making feel to it. Uh these guys are really changing the world as they say. It's not just a slogan, but how they run the business, you know. This is essentially something that is going to be run by the wrestlers for the wrestling fan and not only that, but there's a lot of uh Uh, You know, uh, things involved, uh, uh, like who's in charge, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, giving the wrestlers the opportunity to purchase uh, health insurance, you know, things of that nature. So I I really think they have something uh, going here. I'm I'm definitely glad to be a part of it. Uh, Both you and I and many fans out there have been a fan uh uh you know fans of of the elites from whether they're they had work uh you know in, in new japan pro wrestling part of the bullet club ring of honor you name it now these guys are actually getting together and forming their own wrestling organization so it's really cool to to see and be a part of and uh i haven't really felt this excited about something probably since uh i might i may have been too young um when uh, you know WCW started you know, and broke away from the NWA, but mm-hmm. probably something as big as Hulk Hogan signing at Disney or the announcement sure. of Monday Nitro. you know, I haven't really seen anything or felt as excited as I am uh, until until this was announced. and the whole rally was uh, you know very uh, it was just very cool. This is what wrestling is all about, and I'm just glad to be a part of it as a fan. Real good time, uh, uh, excellent time to be a wrestling fan, a fan of pro wrestling throughout.
0: Yeah, uh I've I I've, I've seen both sides uh you know as as social media uh and the like. You know, there's there's two sides that I've noticed. Not very many people taking the middle, I would say. There's a lot of people that are going, well these are just you know some uh upper echelon douchebags that think they can start their own thing. Uh they're going up against WWE they're immediately going to fail idea. Uh, and then there's the other way, other side of the spectrum that they're going to um, overtake WWE immediately. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's I'm like, a exaggerating I'm like, a bit. Like, okay, guys, calm, yeah, calm down. Even you
1: can't start a cartoon company and say they're going <laughs> to go up against Disney. It just doesn't make any sense. Right. But right. I will say this is a formidable alternative. Uh, maybe down the road, uh, direct competition. But as of now, it is simply just an alternative. And it's just more wrestling for us fans to choose from. Hey, if you guys can't stand the booking of WWE, Brock Lesnar being champion, mm-hmm. there's other wrestling out there. You know, it's it's, it's not WWE is not the end all be all. And the Young Bucks uh, and everybody else involved from, uh, you know, Cuddy Road uh, and the rest of the elite that you do not have to wrestle for Vince McMahon or wrestle at WrestleMania to be successful in the business. And these guys are really changing the world. Uh, you know, this is one thing that a lot of wrestlers from from the past should have done with their money. You know, get together and create something mm-hmm. big, create something new. And uh, this well, that's is what Jeff Jarrett different. tried
0: to do with TNA. That's true.
1: I, I will give him that credibility, and and that was a success to an extent. Uh, however, I feel that the AEW has generated more buzz than the beginning of TNA ever had.
0: Yes, and that is big. Uh, social media also has a lot to do with that, uh, for sure. Um, especially with the age of the internet and how f- how fast news goes, sure. it's a very much different environment than we, we really
1: are. smarts nowadays versus back then,
0: right? Uh, we're much more a lot a lot more fans. or industry has a lot more knowledge of the industry than it's just the guys in the back kind of attitude. Uh, the The other thing is, I think the minds behind this and the backing is much smarter. Uh, And have learned a lot from just experience within the industry over, you know, the decades. Um, While when Jeff Jarrett did his own thing, it was just, it was essentially just him and, you know, the the ego gets in a way of a lot of things. And, you know, obviously that's one worry I have with the ego becoming something. I mean, all wrestlers have to have some ego to an extent what's that going to play into aew i'd like to think that it will play just a minor role um one thing i will say
1: about that though is i think um uh, regardless of the characters uh, mm-hmm. you know these guys portray on tv uh the young bucks seem to be family men uh they are christians yes. they're just very humbled uh you know by what they do outside of the of the business in real life And same goes for Cody Rhodes. He's already made money, obviously, in WWE, Mm -hmm. but he's the son of a legend and Hall of Famer, Dusty Rhodes. And it seems to me that what Cody wants to do for the business is exactly what he grew up watching his dad do. And I just think that's going to play into here. And So putting ego aside or anything like that, uh, that may be important to an extent, but uh you know i see a lot of uh humbleness and humility starting this company and and you know that's what it's all about that that, that you know will give the business or, or their organization a future and it's really cool
0: to see I, it's i'm also, glad these guys
1: are successful it's very also
0: very much different wrestlers on the scene now uh i mean most of these guys in aew don't even drink
1: <laughs> that's true that's another thing too we don't have to worry about you know, rock star cokeheads or, uh, you know, sex, drugs and rock and roll in the background. This really is a professionally run business, even if it's just by the wrestlers. Cody yeah. Rhodes, the Young Bucks, they all have a good head on their shoulders.
0: Yeah. So from that, from that perspective, uh, this is already off to a good start. And a lot of the names are already signing. Uh, I think you can expect a lot of those main guys that were featured at all in. Uh, to oh, be yeah, signed. Definitely. I mean, at the rally, we saw MJF, the 22-year-old piece of gold, the real one, <laughs> not oh. Leo Rush. Um, you have Joey Janela and Penelope Ford being featured. Uh, oh, Janela's yeah. hopefully to come back from injury uh, within the next four to six months, so we'll see if he makes it for double or nothing in Las Vegas. It's May 25th at the MGM Grand. <laughs> yep. uh, who else? Uh, Pac made in a wait, made a big surprise appearance he was the bit he was the yeah. big surprise
1: uh holding
0: one. the dragon gate title too and teasing a, a match with hangman page uh, i think
1: this just shows you that aw will be open with their talent and 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 i think they've mentioned that they're open to cross promotion with a lot of uh uh you know the indie promotions as they announced also uh Uh, who do they partner with? Uh, That Chinese company, I forget the name of it that they mentioned.
0: OWE, I believe, was what it was called.
1: So I know a lot of uh, uh, talent and cross-promoting will come out of that. And that's great because pretty much it's not just what you saw or or who you saw at the rally, but uh, the possibilities of who they can bring to the table for events and whatnot. The the booking and the cards are endless. So it's really cool.
0: Yeah, and I think this Dragon Gate title and Pock being there, you know, all speculation on my part, uh, but you said working with other companies. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is one of the big takeaways that AEW is going to be shooting for, is working with other companies rather than against them. You yeah. know, and having the Dragon Gate title be featured is good for Dragon Gate. It's like the third best promotion in Japan, <laughs> which isn't saying much, because uh, nobody watches Dragon Gate hardly japanese fans watch dragon gate
1: <laughs> oh yeah that's a very limited uh group you have to be a you have to be a hardcore indie wrestling fan I like my buddy here jd to be watching dragon gate
0: and even then uh, i don't watch a lot of dragon gate
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that's saying a lot uh but yeah i, I totally agree with you and, and i'm glad that you brought in uh, uh all in because i think uh pretty much what we saw at that event was. Kind of like a glimpse into the future of what we're gonna get out of AEW. So that that's really cool to see. And if it means involving other promotions, other wrestlers, that's what wrestling should be. And I'm definitely down for that. So I'm all in for all elite wrestling.
0: And I think they're taking notice on what promotions like Progress and WXW are doing, just to name yeah. a couple, uh oh, yeah. that we're familiar with on this podcast with um when you when you work with other companies you you do bring in new talent and keeps it fresh you know the regionals the regional uh booking style you know it it doesn't make you uh see the same matches over and over again so take the omega pentagon match you know that that's a dream matchup. it's a one-time thing it gets a lot of buzz behind it and then you got your other side of the spectrum with your usual guys and they're involved in stories take the um hangman page joey ryan <laughs> storyline right Yep. So there, I, I, I think that's the goal they have in mind, and working with other companies can reach that goal. And with the signing of Chris Jericho, uh, I think is a big important factor in that. I oh, mean, hell, hell they yeah. can they can make a. This is just me just talking out of my ass, but they could make his his uh, annual boat. Tour, uh, boats of Jericho be a pay-per-view event a year annual Oh <laughs> Yeah, man,
1: <laughs> fans will pay for that. I know I would even if it's thirty nine
0: ninety nine. Oh yeah, I mean Jer- Jericho runs a, a good cru- the crews of Jericho. God, boats of yeah. Jericho.
1: <laughs> yeah, essentially, they pretty much already have all in. I'm assuming, uh, as their maybe annual pay-per-view, even though they've already changed mm-hmm. it to uh, double or nothing and changed it to May. I'm pretty sure that will work something. They're gonna need a flagship show. But aside from that, as we know, a lot of wrestling promotions do, they do need, uh, you know, that summer, uh, beach theme, uh, show, if you will. And I think the, uh, the Jericho cruise or the cruise of Jericho would be a perfect fit. And
0: oh, and it'd be so unique too.
1: Yes, yes, it would. Uh, it really would. And I, I'm just so happy that Chris Jericho signed with him. Uh, that was probably, uh. Uh, my biggest takeaway from the, from the show, I, I just, uh, I really marked out and I was just so happy to see Jericho there. And, and uh, I mean, I was concerned because I think Jericho has already a history with the elite and there was a lot of, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of storytelling there, but I figured, okay, now that they were going to branch out and make their own Jericho was going to stay stuck in, you know, new Japan and uh, what we're we going to see. But now I learned that he signed a contract and there's a possibility of him still working for new Japan, if I'm not mistaken. So that's really cool.
0: And that that's the other thing when I was reading these uh, these kind of contracts and like what the guys were offered uh Jericho's a good example he was offered three years and um, his self stipulations like he can still do the cruise and he can still work New Japan if New Japan wants him and when you have contracts like that it gives freedom to the wrestlers rather than hold them under you know lock and key like what WWE does with the NXT UK contracts. You know Yeah. Uh, so i i'm i'm really hopeful for that because uh the idea is that you bring in these new guys and they can still help out their regional promotions their indie promotions along with AEW. and what oh, that yeah, does absolutely. and that does a number of things it, it's good for the wrestler and it's good for the it's good for the promotions involved because it gets you to highlight each other's wrestlers on each other's shows so it's good for everybody
1: yeah yeah, and and you know Chris Jericho obviously is a huge name. Probably their first big name signee. and by big name I mean, uh, you know somebody who's already mainstream, already established. Jericho has been wrestling for more than two to three decades. You know has wrestled all over the world across promotion after promotion. So he's very renowned, and having a name like that on your roster uh, can really do the company some good. I mean, hell, I still give credit to Jericho for bringing more awareness than it already had to New Japan when right. he did his Kenny Omega uh, gig over there so uh yeah just announcing him as a signee for for uh, AEW that's uh that's something
0: mhm uh, then we can uh keep our fingers crossed on Omega signing with AEW February 1st he's still, still under contract seen, right? he's still under contract with uh, with New Japan um, yeah you know he he lost the title we'll get to that match later so he can't he can't Legally say anything, so anyone who is expecting him to make an appearance or anything at the AEW rally and be disappointed, well, then uh, just you know, just educate yourself a little bit and just realize that the you know he couldn't.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it'll happen down the road, and I'm okay with that too. Even if it's a surprise at Double or Nothing, I mean. It, it... In the in the end, uh the fans always win. And that's what right. the fans have to remember. You know, you don't want to spoil one of your biggest surprises. And they might have something up their sleeve. Who knows?
0: For, yeah, don't uh, blow all your game. load in, in in one go. You yes, know, you gotta save something. You gotta to save something yeah. for the honeymoon, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. And I think uh, you know, Pac making an appearance and Chris Jericho coming out at the end, that already solidified the rally as a as a big time event with or without Kenny Omega. So yeah, uh, they they're definitely gonna play their bones right, and I'm pretty sure there's gonna be a lot of Rallies and press conferences down the road for for something new like that.
0: Yeah, not not to mention there's still you know it's still a wait and see situation for sure. Uh, TV deal is still a big time factor uh, taken in. Uh, if they get that, then that immediately puts them as, in my opinion, the second best promotion in North America. And yes, over Impact we we'll get to that's we'll get to the state there. MLW is yep. on YouTube, so they don't have anything. And Ring of Honor is milk toast, and they're on. Uh, what's uh sinclair But yeah, they're, they're sinclair on they're on an hour once every friday it's it's very it's very milk toast, as i said so, yeah
1: i totally agree with you this is already the official number two promotion in the states uh,
0: and they haven't even started yet but the tv deal of course started.
1: yeah and, and there's that. still talks about that that uh it's pretty much a promise that they're i guess uh they they've landed uh, a big time uh, uh you know a cable uh, provider channels. Mm-hmm. so we'll see where that goes. There's even been rumors of TNT. So I would love to see wrestling on TNT again, but I guess yeah. we'll wait
0: and see. Yeah, the rumors I've seen was TNT, TBS, USA, and ESPN Plus, which I thought was interesting. So uh, we're 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 uh, we're excited for AEW. I think we yep. all are as wrestling fans. I'm excited to see a promotion of this caliber and potential uh come to the North American market. God knows we are starving for it.
1: <laughs> yes, we are. You know, we really need it. So
0: All right. Well moving on. Next question is, and I've been thinking sure. about this all week. Uh with with Drew McIntyre seemingly finally out of his henchman role, <laughs> which seems yeah. to be forever, uh you would never guess that it's been eight months since his raw debut re raw debut, I should say. Back in April of last year. Mhm. This got me thinking. Is Drew McIntyre's first 8 months on Raw a failure? What is his current status? What's your okay, take, Red? so
1: my take on that is um uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it a failure, but I wouldn't call it a success either. Mm-hmm. Uh I think pretty much all year since his debut on the main roster Monday Night Raw uh has pretty much been uh he's booked uh you know as a mid-carder you know nothing more even the couple of times that he got you know the main event spot it was always a mid-card type of role Mm -hmm. or storyline nothing too uh important uh or anything like that uh however as soon as the new year rolled in we suddenly saw uh you know drew mcintyre who just recently broke away from uh, Dolph ziggler who is his right hand uh guy so to speak when they were running rapid on monday night raw uh, now he's back to singles you know Uh had the uh confrontation just recently with uh, i even think uh, john cena if i'm not mistaken so th- that's kinda yeah like there was a, a
0: promo on monday yeah uh,
1: just this past monday at the very start of the show very becky lynch-esque the beginning of uh
0: um, <laughs>
1: y- yeah yeah you know drew mcintyre it was like the same
0: thing <laughs>
1: john cena's hair and whatnot it was hilarious but either way for 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 them to have the uh the trust factor there to uh, being a promo with John Cena just goes to show you that maybe his booking days will be a little bit more positive I think the guy deserves it even when he was young and first debuted for sure, sure A decade ago. He was the chosen one. Uh, he was booked in high-profile matches main event spots on the pay-per-views so you know Why not now? He's already wrestled all around the world. I think the guy deserves it, and I want to see Drew McIntyre as the top heel. So um, as per your question, the first eight months on Raw, if they were a failure, again, I wouldn't call it a failure nor a success, but his current status would be I think he's on the way up.
0: Okay, I'm going to take a much more harsh approach, because again, I have been thinking about this for a long time this week. Um, he debuted in April and immediately became kind of the the, uh, the diesel for Dolph Ziggler immediately, and I thought that he that I thought that put him put him down a peg upon arrival, which was a big negative. And then he was seemingly in that role. For, what did that end at Super Showdown? I suppose. Yeah. Um. So that was a long time. They won the tag titles, but let's face it, the tag titles mean less than nothing Uh at this point. <laughs> and even during that run, and Dolph Ziggler was the one that got the the high profile singles matches with the IC title. And Seth Rollins feud. While well, what did Drew McIntyre have? He was the henchman. Not sure. good. So that led into the little thing with uh, with Braun Strowman and the you know the Dogs of War, in which then now both Ziggler and McIntyre were henchmen for Braun Strowman because Braun Strowman was the push along with Roman Reigns and Lesnar was kind of there, <laughs> sort of right. So, still the henchman, even in that, and despite not, you know, losing in singles matches, or you know, he was the one to eat pins. He wasn't doing anything. It was just mediocre. You know, he—they always made it a purpose to not pin him. But is that good enough for a push or highlighting? I don't think so. I don't think that's good enough. And then, what should have been a feud with Ziggler. Uh, breaking up the team it was solved in a single segment on Monday Night Raw right where he just goes oh we're not together anymore and Ziggler goes well you dick and then kicks him and then Ziggler pins him and his first loss just like that bang It was like there's another there's another black mark right you thought he was going to get this big push they were protecting him at least during this time of uh, purgatory as I'm going to as I'm going to phrase it And then he just loses. I know there was interference, but he still lost at the end of the day. Uh, And then there was a cage match, and then Balor gets involved. Uh, That led to a no-stakes-nothing match at TLC. And then here we are. Uh, And then there was that little he's-with-Lashley-Corbin thing, and then, you know, the fresh start. Okay, they disbanded that like yesterday's garbage. And now here we are, with McIntyre and the... Cena promo on Raw. The Becky Lynch approach, where we want to keep Becky Lynch in the highlight. And it always seems to do, WWE always seems to do that, at least in this generation, where if we want to push someone, they put them on a program with Cena, and Cena might put them over.
1: (laughs) Might, yeah. Might. That's kind of the key word.
0: Yeah. So I think the writing's on the wall to be worried for Drew McIntyre. I think you can be positive there's enough evidence to be positive but Samoa Joe always looks strong and then look what happened to him Nakamura got a huge you know push when he was first there he beat John Cena one-on-one he got title shots but what what happened at the end of the day they all lost and now look where they are so I'm I'm personally worried for McIntyre I I do see his first eight months as why bother I I, I Eight months is plenty to, plenty of time to tell a story and and push someone to the top. Put the rocket on the guy. Oh
1: yeah, oh, yeah. that's
0: more than a, we just saw Tanahashi, the broken old veteran, in six months go from nothing to winning the G1 and then main eventing Wrestle Kingdom. Yep, and the crowd fucking loves it. So you can't that's tell me tell eight, you can't tell me eight months is not enough time.
1: No, no, and and WWE is more than capable of doing it. You've seen it with guys like Daniel Bryan, now with Becky Lynch. Can't tell me they can't do the same for others
0: exactly i mean you can you can make something out of a guy in a month two months you don't have to just all of a sudden what i don't what what and then on the other side of the spectrum you can't do what they did with sasha banks where she just wins a match and now she's in the title <laughs> yeah. picture because then because then you the can't only. buy them you know you can't buy them as a threat at that point you're just like oh you get one shot and then you're done kind of deal so that's bad short-term storytelling and then there hasn't been any long-term storytelling so i see mcintyre as a failure personally. He does look strong. Don't get me wrong, but that's it. He's just a strong-looking guy, and so is Samoa Joe. <laughs> yeah, so that's interesting. You're 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 on the side of yes and no. I'm I'm just straight no. I'm being straight harsh. Straight no. <laughs>
1: hey, and you know what? I I don't blame you. I say I'm a little bit more optimistic. If anything, so I like to see the positive. However, we know how WWE is and how they book the talent. So what you're saying is actually uh very realistic and i'm afraid that is the truth here
0: yeah and and hey if i'm wrong then fantastic i'm glad to be wrong <laughs> sure but i can't i can't in in good conscience say the last 8 months of drew mcintyre has been successful at all i could say i think it's definitely no, a missed they they fired the rocket and then it went and it only went about two feet in the air.
1: <laughs> I mean, just take a take a look at what they've also done to uh, Bobby Lashley. You know, one of the biggest stars at, right out of Impact Wrestling, already established with or without WWE. And when he comes on board again, he's booked at nothing more but a mid carder. You know, where nobody even cares. You know, they side him with uh, what's his name, Leo Rush. It's just a, it's a mess. But uh, probably the best thing going for him the the past eight months or a year that he's been there. So.
0: Yeah, Lashley showed up at the exact same time and what's he done? He's won a singles match against Roman Reigns at a pay-per-view and then that was it.
1: Yeah, nobody remembers, nobody cared, it, it just it came and went.
0: And now he's uh, bending over in front of the crowd, showing his butt.
1: <laughs> You're talking about a guy that was main eventing Impact Wrestling with Kurt Angle. You he know, had all the titles. <laughs> Down for Glory, had all the titles. Uh, you know, He's a huge name in the business, but obviously WWE's not going to book him that way.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens at the Rumble, and then and then what goes down at Mania. So, oh, by the way, I officially have all my tickets purchased and ready to go for Mania weekend.
1: I saw that in the chat. Congrats, man! That's oh, awesome.
0: Man, so I you already
1: got your whole weekend booked.
0: Got the whole weekend booked. I got WXW uh, America ist wunderbar on Thursday, <laughs> uh, Stardom on Friday. That's going to be oh, super nice. cool. Yeah. What uh, was originally gonna go to the Revolution Pro Wrestling show? That's the UK promotion. Uh, but as soon as I saw Stardom was gonna be there, I went nope, booking that. So we're doing that on Friday night, and then Saturday night we got our tickets for the Garden for New Japan Ring of Honor G1 Supercard. Sweet. So that's really exciting. Um, and I got I got I got some uh, some hate DMs in, from Twitter apparently because they go, why would you go to new york city mania weekend to not go to takeover in mania and my response was simply i've been to takeover and i've been to mania i want to see something else
1: there you go and obviously the whole uh wrestlemania festivities aren't just limited to wwe uh produced shows but rather everybody in the city at the same time mm-hmm. and uh yeah I'm, i think the shows that you will be uh checking out that's uh that's really cool
0: um and there's time for joey janela's penis party friday night after stardom <laughs> so come on
1: there you go <laughs> you're gonna have to get me a stardom souvenir program man even if i gotta pay for it
0: uh if you want one then then uh i'll get you one rad i'll send nice. i'll send one your way a stardom program um that's gonna be so that's gonna be super really cool. fun to go to i, I think i might yeah uh, i i'm so excited for all three of those um when my dad asked me, like, don't you want to go to Mania on Sunday? And I go, Why don't you look at those ticket prices and get back to me? And he goes, Oh shit, yeah, <laughs> no. He goes, yeah, How long's the show? Like three for hours?
1: Eight hours, you know, it's just crazy.
0: Well, they're like five hundred bucks minimum if you wanna if you want a decent seat. Jeez, yeah. They're they're fucking crazy. Or you can spend sixty bucks for the garden in the two hundred section. <laughs> yeah. You know, much much different caliber. But yeah, it's a big wrestling festival. Um and I've been to what like three takeovers. Uh they they they're all great, don't get me wrong, but how often am I going to be able to see a, a show from stardom, you know?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I think any time any promotion outside of, or or in Japan uh coming to the states uh you know, is definitely something to check out. So
0: Yeah. So that I'm was
1: that i am also in uh you know n- not here to hate on it i i think that anybody going to to wrestlemania festivities where they're hosting it should go to at least a mania a takeover but uh but hey if it's going to get in the way of uh missing out you know on shows uh, like the ones you mentioned i'm all mm-hmm. for it so stardom new japan all that good stuff doesn't come here every day
0: yeah i added up all the ticket prices and um it still comes out to less than a single <laughs> mania ticket
1: oh man that's awesome probably a gonna be more entertained
0: too uh, well, it's three nights of wrestling as opposed to just one eight-hour show. So.
1: Yeah, you know, pretty much Brock Lesnar, Shane McMahon. Yeah, we've seen that all too many times
0: before. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, we got a lot more to talk about here, a lot more to go through. I think it's time to play the play the vaulter Drop, and we'll get on to talking about the Legion of Doom. You bet. Alrighty, so brought to us by our November contest winner of the Redleaf Retrocast, and a good time to mention: if you leave us a Stitcher and iTunes review right now in the month of January, you will be entered. You have—I do recommend screenshotting me your review so you can be entered. Uh, you'll have a chance to win an Enzo and Cass Walgreens exclusive pops. Very cool. <laughs> Uh so that that's the that's the prize for the month of January. Uh you can find um as it you can find it as uh on my Twitter pretty easy at bullying So G Keeper won the contest, he chooses the Legion of Doom slash Road Warriors, one of the most unique and hard hitting tag teams of all time. What's your history with them, Red?
1: Oh my history. Uh ever since I was a kid, uh, you know, two of my favorite wrestlers of all time, uh Sting and the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, what I did notice from that is that I think I was always attracted to the wrestlers that had face paints. They just seemed so cool to me, kind of like comic book characters brought to life. And I think the road warriors slash Legion of doom definitely embodied that coming to the ring with their awesome entrance attire, uh, you know, with those shoulder pads, the spikes and the face paint, they just look so cool. Uh, you know, I remember having the, the Hasbro. Uh, figures when I was a kid growing up so they were definitely one of my favorite tag teams uh, growing up and my history stems from uh, I'm not sure if I ever saw them in their early WCW stuff in the 80s but they definitely made a name for themselves in my household uh, when they were in the WWF and and, uh, I've been a fan of theirs ever since.
0: I'm very similar Uh, they're my mom's favorite tag team uh, because they're from Chicago
1: Hey, she has good taste, man.
0: And she's from Chicago, so she naturally yeah. loved them. Uh anything Chicago related was all for her. Uh and yeah, loved the Spikes. I def- I had those Hasbro figures too. I loved them as a tag team. They were just ass kickers. And they were booked yeah, as such.
1: Very perfect way to describe it.
0: So um it, it, the Ro- the Road Warriors Legion of Doom, the most imposing tag team in wrestling history, I would say. Uh they dominated for like 20 years they had feuds with midnight express money incorporated the nasty boys heart foundation the rockers just to name a few uh but they never had a pure 2v2 you know tag match rivalry with demolition
1: oh wow that's an interesting uh uh fact i never really realized that i would imagine most of the rivalry was when demolition was rocking um uh, Brian Adams, what was his name when he was there? Was it Smash? Uh
0: well Brian Adams was Crush, Crush, Crush. I'm sorry,
1: yeah. Axe and Smash were the originals, Crush was the uh the odd man out. Uh because I remember a lot of they, they did have some sort of rivalry going on with Demolition. I even saw Demolition as like the uh the opposite of what Legion of Doom was. Uh kind of like the arch nemesis, if you will.
0: Um well the story but- behind that was when Uh, Legion of Doom was brought in. They were the Road Warriors. When they went to WWF, uh, they were repackaged as Legion of Doom. Uh, Basically, they just got the Spike football gear. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, they came in to basically dethrone Demolition as the top tag team. And what was happening with Demolition was they brought in the third member, right? And uh, we actually discussed this, this match at SummerSlam where uh Demolition was losing their titles to the Heart Foundation and they're trying mm-hmm. to pull the switcheroo with the 3 three of them well Axe yes. was Axe was suffering from a lot of injuries and he was kind of on his way out so Crush was brought in to kind of fill the void that Axe was going to leave and be that third guy so think right. of think of the new day and Biggie is always injured kind of angle um sure so despite them having, they wanted to do a rivalry, they never really did it. They were always in uh, six-man tags and then the Survivor Series matches, and then it was just done. They never had the pure tag team match against each other, not a single time. So I thought wow. that was a That's, huge, yeah. huge missed opportunity. And I remember always like looking forward to that as a kid because I was a huge Demolition fan because my mom was the Legion of Doom fan. I remember this like era in '90. Uh ninety two, I believe was what it was, or ninety-three. Um But yeah, my mom was big into Legion of Doom, so I was like, Oh, I'm gonna go against my mother. Ha ha, I'm gonna root for the bad guys kind of deal.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was uh, demolition, you know. Uh man, well that that's uh that's really cool. I did not know that. Like I said, I do remember them seeing on TV in so many matches, but I never realized that it was never officially uh two on two or at least when X and Smash were around or relevant before Crush. Uh, you know, it's so funny because every time, you know, playing with my Hasbros, I always pitted them together or playing Absolutely. video games. Those were the two tag teams I, I put together. So uh, that that's really cool. I had no idea. That's an interesting fact right there.
0: Yeah, and then, and then I still believe to this day that kind of LOD was the reason Demolition was just simply phased out of WWF.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, maybe this was uh, Vince's... Uh, idea of okay if i'm gonna lose my top tag team i need to replace it with somebody else you know he's always in that mindset so i wouldn't doubt it one
0: bit yeah instead of instead of keeping demolition relevant he's just like well if this guy's injured then screw it i'm just gonna bring these guys in and and make them the guys so uh big missed opportunity um you 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 would remember the survivor series type matches in the six-man tags where legion of doom was with ultimate warrior and then they would squash Demolition all the time.
1: Fitting, that happened yeah. for
0: about six months. But it's also Ultimate Warrior, so that's the only way it would go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, I mean, he was like their top guy for the time, so... Yeah,
0: so that's what happened there. Well, the fr- uh, as we do, if you're joining us for the first time, what we do is we pick two matches to highlight... Uh, our wrestler spotlight after going over their little their little history and the first match was your pick and it was uh, the skywalkers match at Starcade 1986 in the nwa so this is before wcw Uh, why don't you take us who was in the match and then uh, what your opinion and what the match was about
1: Okay, so Skywalker's match, Starcade, nineteen eighty-six. That was uh, in the NWA uh, before, uh, you know, we, we uh, WCW as we know it as. You had the Ward, uh, the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal, obviously being accompanied to the ring by Paul Ellering, uh, Ellering, their manager, going up against the Midnight Express, uh, with Jim Cornette and Big Bubba Rogers by their side. Um, this was a match I do remember uh, seeing as a kid. I don't think it was live, but maybe been on a wrestling tape uh, later oh, on. I used sure. to love going to the video store and uh, brushing up on my wrestling history through wrestling tapes. I still like that term, by the way, wrestling tape.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: <laughs> and I, I remember this one interested me because the the whole I guess spectacle surrounding the Skywalker's match. You know, you're gonna have two tag teams going at it in a very thin scaf- uh, scaffold, uh, suspended way above high from the ring. Uh, that was definitely something really cool to see, and it, it really was. Uh, I do remember uh, revisiting it uh, in the uh, Essential Starrcade, uh DVD about maybe a little over a month, uh, month ago, uh, a little over a decade ago. And uh, from that time and revisiting it now for the podcast, I really didn't remember it being as short as it was uh granted i think that was probably the best booking for it to be honest oh yeah but uh yeah i mean either way the story surrounding it the spectacle surrounding it it was definitely something different for the time uh definitely way ahead of its time uh uh you know you had you know, back and forth action uh guys swinging back and forth uh kind of teasing the crowd that they were going to fall the crowd would go nuts and they'd get back up Funny thing is that what I did notice, I'm pretty sure you saw this, J.D., I don't know what the hell that scaffold was built out of, but it looked like it was just connected or put together by a bunch of, like, PVC pipes, and they were all just, like, breaking off. You could even tell that the Midnight Express, especially Bobby Eaton, was, like, kind of, like, concerned and worried. But, I mean, hey, they really stood their ground up there. I mean, you're talking about guys that are weighing, you know, close to 300 pounds each. You know, I'd be afraid to be up there.
0: So, Well, um, Bobby Eaton was interviewed... Uh, at some point, I, I can't remember when the interview was, but he go he had legit fear because uh, oh, the see it. the Midnight Express um, were were put into this match because they had a history with the scaffolding match in Jim Cornette's promotion, and uh, then the brainchild that was Jim Cornette and um, I forget the other guy. They just decided let's let's make it higher. Let's put instead of. You know five ten feet in the air let's make it double that 25 that'll make Jesus. it a big spectacle and awesome <laughs> and all that all that did was make uh bobby beautiful bobby and just scared out of his fucking mind because he's like oh shit
1: <laughs> yeah you could tell like he would he would like sometimes want to lock his leg into like a corner in case he fell he'd still be hanging or something it was uh, it was kind of funny but i don't blame him hell i mean of heights so if i was there i'd be scared shitless. So. Uh yeah, it was definitely a spectacle to see. Very entertaining match, although it was short. I think it went for maybe about seven minutes or so.
0: Yeah, it was not long, uh, and that's probably yeah. for the best.
1: <laughs> but but yeah, uh for uh from a booking standpoint, I think it was for the best. Uh pretty much it was the marquee match of of this event. And uh you know, I don't know maybe if you want to add anything else to this, JD.
0: Well, also at Starcade eighty six, uh pay-per-view also had Rick Rude versus Wahoo McDaniels. Um, a past wrestler spotlight in Wahoo McDonald's we've done sure Um, and then uh, Ric Flair in the main event uh, defending his title against not uh, Magnum T that was right after he got in that horrible car accident and was forced to retire Uh, he was against uh, Nikita Koloff so uh, and that was the superpowers with him and Dusty Rhodes Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so that was the main event there so it was uh, it was quite quite the the pay-per-view but um if you go back and look at the promos leading up to this match, it's quite—it's more entertaining than the match itself because uh, Hawk and Animal cut a brilliant promo in which they were on scaffolding like off the side of a building and they threw pumpkins off it. Uh, taunting the Midnight Express, saying that their heads would explode like these pumpkins, and then they'd throw, they'd overhead <laughs> throw the pumpkin off, and it'd show the pumpkin, you know, break into pieces. <laughs> uh, there's also a, a funny promo of Jim Cornette saying, "We're practicing for this. Uh, I'm gonna have my Midnight Midnight Express uh, climb the scaffolding. We're gonna go over strategy." And it and it shows Bobby Eaton almost falling as he's climbing up, and he just goes, "Shit!" on the camera. <laughs> oh man (laughs) yeah you can watch those on youtube it's it's quite it's quite something and jim jim cornett's cutting a good promo but he's you know empty arena empty ring there's just scaffolding in the back (laughs) oh dude but yeah the match was super super corny it was slow and dumb uh it ended up being this this thing that not only the nwa would use but like ecw and other promotions would do you know, where they'd, where they'd be suspended in the air and ECW would have a bunch of tables below them to kind of break their fall, quote-unquote.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, these matches just never work. The spectacle seems like a an okay idea on paper, but you're always just too scared that the one wrong move and then you could risk serious injury. And that, that's the major negative factor of this, and that's exactly what we saw with these guys just kind of hugging the sides the whole time. You can't really do anything. You can't wrestle in a wrestling match. (laughs) Right. Uh, The Road Warriors did win, uh, but the highlight was definitely featuring Jim Cornette as he was chased up the scaffold by Paul Ellering. (laughs) And what was supposed to happen was Cornette was going to kind of fall off a bit he was going to he was going to hang there and then fall and big bubba rogers aka ray trailer aka big boss Band, was supposed to catch him but apparently this was like his first year in wrestling and he just straight up missed catching cornette like he wasn't in the right spot he was just clumsy sure. and didn't catch him and this is when cornette blew out both of his knees on the landing <laughs>
1: oh yeah man you could tell the dude was in pain and i want to say he mentioned this in the essential star k dvd so very much aware that that, like you said, that was probably the the biggest thing uh, coming out of this match is what 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 happened after with Jim Cornette.
0: Yeah, not not what you want coming out of your marquee tag team match, <laughs> right? <laughs> and you can hear you can hear Cornette as he's uh, as he's leaving the ring, and he's like, "I can't feel my knees. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think I broke my knees, <laughs> so bad. Oh, uh, yeah, you can you can go listen to interviews of of Cornette like talking about this match, how he came up with it. Uh, what happened, what went wrong kind of deal, why it seemed like a good idea at the time kind of deal. It's very fascinating stuff, but um, it's definitely a spectacle, I will say. And it's only seven minutes, so it's not like you're eating up a bunch of time. And then, speaking up not eating a bunch of time is our second match, which was my pick, and this was the Legion of Doom versus the Nasty Boys at SummerSlam 1991, where oh, the Legion yeah. of Doom win their first WWF tag team titles, becoming essentially the the first kind of triple A, uh, or triple crown tag title winners, the AWA, NWA, and now WWF. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also the same pay per view that featured Bret Hart uh, versus Mr. Perfect, in which Bret Hart won his first uh, singles belt in WWF and also the, the infamous jailhouse match of big boss man versus the Mountie, <laughs> which we've also covered on a past spotlight episode, uh, covering the Mountie, um, short tag match as was the time, you know, cause it's tag matches in WWF. Uh, they don't really get more than 10 minutes. Um, this was a street fight actually, uh, because prior to this, the lead up was the nasty boys were constantly nasty boys, um, with Jimmy Hart always using the megaphone and, and weapons to get DQ'd to keep their titles. So this was a street fight and uh, not what you would see a street fight as today, where it's a big spectacle where they go in the crowd and use a bunch of weapons and go up to the stage and kind of deal. No, this was just a regular tag match where a weapon was used sparringly, you know, mostly the megaphone. <laughs> right. Uh, and it was it was still your atypical kind of what you'd picture a WWE F or E tag match to be. The uh, match starts hot with the faces winning a bit. And then the heel team will isolate the face character until a hot tag is made. And then the tag team will get that hot tag, use their finishing move, and the match ends. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> So not much, not much else there. The difference, the d- the difference of the time for sure, and uh, crowd firmly behind LOD in establishing I, them as the big thing. So we were hot behind LOD. I mean, I loved it as a kid. Uh, I don't think this is the kind of match that you would like to see on a pay per view today. But this is still kind of what you see the tag teams get treated like in WWE right now: is they go out there, have this sort of tag team match, and nothing more. I, I was just comparing it to... um, I, In my head, I was comparing it to the triple threat tag team match at TLC.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Where it was exactly like this. So, I think that's a lack of innovation on WWE's booking standpoint and how to run matches. They're still way back in the times. How do you feel, Rad?
1: uh no i I totally uh i think uh the comparison is very real and uh that's how it was back then so
0: what worked 30 years ago may not work today is kind of my point not anymore yeah it's i don't think it's good enough now it, it doesn't doesn't get guys over uh you know we could go on forever and ever on that the point is the legion of doom were super over um the characters were very strong uh, at times, they. Didn't... I think that's
1: what it was all about. I think tag teams today lack the the characters of yesterday. Oh, sure. And yeah, Legion of Doom Road Warriors were definitely definitely that. So. Uh,
0: they were also known for being really stiff at times. Um, I I'm pretty sure it's because of the steroids, <laughs> and they didn't oh, yeah. know their own yeah, strength definitely. that they had. But uh, I was a big animal fan. I know a lot of people liked Hawk because he was the more mobile type. Uh, and he was just insane whenever he'd cut a promo because he was just coked out of his mind all the time. <laughs> but I really liked Animal. I always looked forward to his uh, his really awesome off-the-rope power slam where he'd, where he'd essentially be this like, slow motion up in the air and then he'd throw you down. Uh, and, of course, the uh, ever-so-popular spot, the uh, the Doomsday Device eyes on his shoulders clothesline from the top that's what they're most known for it It seems a cool move by the way oh yeah it was a fantastic move I got them over it was probably the best tag team finisher of the time and tag teams still use it to this day like it's just a normal thing (laughs) you know I see it on the indie scene constantly (laughs)
1: oh yeah definitely
0: so um yeah i I really like the road warriors legion of doom uh it's a shame in the mid 90s they essentially disappeared and that's mostly because of hawk uh going through drinking and a lot of cocaine because in 1994 they essentially just disappeared and no one heard from them or was it 92 uh
1: might have been more like 92 i would say But I do remember that, Uh, you know, there was just a lot of guys that I grew up watching and they just no longer were there and Legion of Doom were one of them. I think we didn't really see them make a big comeback until they did the uh, LOD 2000 uh, thing that they did. And even then, the sad part is that I think they even worked uh, Hawk's demons, so to speak, into a storyline where Hawk was always drunk, you know, arriving to the ring. So uh, I thought that was very uh, tasteless, um, but, you know, it was what it was back then. Uh, kind of yeah, like Jeff yeah, Hardy's
0: storyline right now, currently. Yeah, yeah. It just never works, and it it didn't work in the two thousand. Didn't work now. Uh, they had Spot a brief ball,
1: Monday Nitro, same deal.
0: Yeah, exactly. It just it just well, I mean, Scott Hall puking on Eric Bischoff uh, was pretty funny, but. <laughs> just that one moment. Yeah,
1: I, you know, I I think uh I guess this this is like a separate topic on a separate cast in itself but I will quickly say that even though we knew that he was being booked in poor taste uh <laughs> Scott Hall still rocked it man. He made being drunk look cool and uh yeah, I mean that's just the way it was but again those are the 90s I don't think we'll ever see that again now but uh no. yeah, it just doesn't work.
0: Well, maybe maybe we'll see something like that at Impact. They do want to be edgier. We'll get to there. We'll get to Impact. Um but there was a brief stint in WCW with uh the Road Warriors re- returning in 1996 but when i say brief it was maybe a year and they didn't do much they still they they were still going through issues uh it, it, it's a real shame because they were the talk of the indies in the in the 80s and then well indies region regionals is better to better to say and then uh hot hot stuff in late NWA, early WCW, and they were hot in the early 90s for WWF, and then they just disappeared, which is a real shame. They could have... In my mind, they're one of the best tag teams that ever stepped foot in the ring. Um, So, that says something. Alrighty. Moving on to our Tier 3 indie scene. Uh Lot to break down here, so I'm going to play my frickin' sweet drop. Move on. Okay. Alright, Rad. Got a lot to go we have got a lot to go through here. Have you? Or are you aware of Major League Wrestling over on the YouTubes? I
1: ha- I am aware of them, and I have caught a couple of matches on the YouTubes. Uh, but however, I'm not really in tune with what's going on as of late. So okay, well
0: you've to come to right. the, you've come to the right place. So I'm um, in the right spot. We're gonna start doing a little bit of kind of a uh, a biweekly recap. Uh, so MLW and Impact is something we're gonna we're gonna keep up with uh, in 2019, at least for now. Um so we're covering the January 5th episode 38 of MLW. Uh we're not covering tonight's episode, we'll save that for the next cast. So, this one began with Gringo Loco versus LA Park. Our chairman is back, Rad. Uh a match that <laughs> you know, they they said LA Park is old and fat, but damn he's still entertaining, which is quite funny. And uh Gringo Loco's this kind of Outer shape, out of shape, fat guy, but he was getting himself over doing wacky spots, including a leap from the entrance scaffold. We got more oh. scaffold bumps yeah. coming in our lives. Uh, there was a weird <laughs> was ref a bump. The scaffold podcast. Yeah, there was a weird ref bump uh, at the end that led to nothing. LA Park Spear win. Um, LA Park's entertaining. He was rocking his his uh, his gold skeleton suit. Red.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay.
0: Something we saw at Spring Stampede. What we'll yes. be talking about later. I, I I got a kick out of that. Uh then we get some promo and story packages such as Coto Brazil is coming for Ricky Martinez because Ricky Martinez attacked him in a club and fucked up his eye. So there's that. Uh, and then all of Promociones Dorado have been issued a bunch of fines for shiving Conan the previous week. Conan got stabbed in the main event. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Two weeks ago, that. Red. Yeah. <laughs> By Loki. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that yeah uh, and and you might ask yourself so Loki did it for real no 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 it was it was it was a it was planned
1: <laughs> we still ask that question today
0: <laughs> uh, the main event was Teddy Hart versus Pentagon Jr in uh, the most indie match you can imagine it's just a bunch of high spots for no reason nothing but chaos it's still kind of fun but hey it's MLW and uh, Teddy Hart got the win so Teddy Hart's also the middleweight champion since MJF got injured and dropped the title. So we are six months into MLW. How do we feel about the promotion to date? What do you think, Rad? think MLW is uh, on the up and up, or do you think they're kind of still... Still got room to improve. Loki's the champion. I know a lot of people don't like him as the champ. Yeah.
1: Here, here's the thing again, I'm I haven't really been following the product, so it's not like if I've tuned in the last couple of weeks or months or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, as per my exposure to MLW, which is pretty much just on social media or YouTube, um, I'm not sure if they're on the way up, but I'm not gonna say that they're just gonna you know become nothing. I just think they're kind of like remaining on a stagnant level of exposure, and quite possibly that's maybe where they will stay uh but, i think so as well yeah i mean I, I really don't see them uh getting any more popular but not losing any more fans anyway i think if fans are actually tuning into mlw is because they actually like the product or the uh, wrestler showcased so that's where it will just stay
0: yeah, I don't. I mean, I like their edgy kind of storylines they're going with. I mean, low key stabbing people. It might be a bit much, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I do like the faction that's been developed there. Uh, Promociones Dorado, headed by uh, Zelina de la Renta. She's one of the best mm-hmm. non wrestlers I've seen in quite some time. I think. I'm she, with her. Yeah, she's she's quite good. Uh, low key, despite me not like him liking him as champ, um, he does play a good heel at the top type character. Your opinion on Loki might differ, but I think they've done a good job developing him himself. Okay. Uh, I do like I do like the format of the show. I do like the format where it starts off with a match, then you have a midpoint where there's a bunch of promo packages to emphasize storylines and whatnot, and they might have some backstage stuff and people getting jumped and kind of deal. I love that stuff. And then they have your main event, uh you know may, might have a a third match in there every now and again to develop more talent um so i think their format's really good but are they stagnant i would agree with you red they're 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 missing something uh whether it's um whether it's talent getting over maybe their storylines are aren't grabbing the crowd kind of deal mm mm-hmm. Uh there's a, there's a number of things that, that that could be improved upon for sure. So. All righty. <clears throat> uh on to impact. Oh, this is going to be a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So impact homecoming. Uh something I was quite excited for, Red, actually. I remember. Yeah. I even thought about driving over to Nashville at the asylum and going to this thing. I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: I, I didn't uh, watch the pay-per-view by any means, but I, I heard it was not anything compared to the last couple of them that they did, which were good uh, versus what they pulled off here. I know it was uh, a lot of people described it to be a botch fest.
0: Yes. Yeah, it was uh, it was an unlucky botch fest. I would describe it as mm-hmm. um, so let's let's get the positives. And uh, some some of the talking points here first. Sure. Uh,
1: I think there's one big positive coming out of it anyway.
0: Oh, sure. Uh, they're really pulling a nice reset here, I think, with the new TV deal in the U.S. with Pursuit. Uh, it's also owned by Anthem. Um, and they also officially announced their simulcasting on their Twitch channel, which is also awesome, uh, which I've been watching on Twitch because I don't have Pursuit, which is probably why they're on Twitch now. <laughs> so that's good. Uh, they have a TV channel. Uh, since they're part, since Anthem owns them, and that's Anthem's channel, I think they'll get treated better on that channel, despite it being for a less audience. But Twitch is 100% a good, positive thing to have. So there's that. Uh, the show as a whole, I think it was harmless, while it was a mess. Uh, it had a good old school, early TNA 2002 vibe to it all, you know. But at the same time. That's not really good enough because it felt like it was an under underproduced indie show with very questionable booking and just okay to decent matches. There was okay. one there was one highlight match, but even then there was there always seemed to be something wrong with each match. Uh, still, so here's a question: How do you feel about wrestling promotions that put out a weekly product and essentially having makeshift matches? Uh, Aka tag matches or weak singles matches with weak stories on the on pay-per-views. So I'll give you a couple examples. The example here was the Willie Mac versus Sammy Callahan match, which they just seemed to be starting a storyline, and it, it just was a filler. it was a filler match. So I didn't agree with that. Uh, wasn't engaged kind of deal. And you can argue the uh, I would say the other example is the Drew McIntyre Finn Balor match at TLC. What is your take on putting these kind of matches on the card, Rad? Especially when you have a uh, a weekly show.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's what a weekly show is for. But I can see why they're doing it. I feel, um, as if maybe they don't have enough uh, uh matches to fill the pay per view, which pretty much means they shouldn't be having a pay per view to begin mm-hmm. with. If that's the case, or just simply shorten it, you know. Uh, But I can see why they're doing it and I think it's just simply that maybe not enough uh, guys in the roster to fill a pay-per-view But uh, either way, I totally agree I think that uh, any filler matches of that kind that really don't have any storyline around it Or if they're just starting should not be on pay-per-view to begin with the whole point of a pay-per-view since the beginning of wrestling time is that it's supposed to be the climax or the end of story for that given month or quarter of the year mm-hmm. uh you know we can pretty much see the uh, climax of it all uh you know not really to start something unless you're going to end something and then reboot with something else right after right. but uh not not going in randomly you know putting oh two guys together and okay now they'll be in a rivalry yeah that's not the way uh booking one on one works uh you know i think we've been fans of the of the business for a while now to see that that's not Going to work.
0: I agree, and that's kind of the the point I wanted to make. So thank you, Rad. We are on the same page. So uh, onto the onto the main show. Uh, Ultimate X started off, and while the match was hot, the match uh, prematurely ends with the belt falling off as as uh, Swan was swinging to it. The belt just kind of fa- fell off into his lap, and he just kind of goes, "Ah, shit!" and he drops and oh, wins the title. Okay. So that sucked. Uh, but the match was cool. I mean, the the crowd loved it, and then it just goes, ah, crap. Are you kidding me with that? <laughs> yeah. Um, the there was a, a really good tag title tag title match with LAX and the Lucha Bros, which is uh, the team of Pentagon and Phoenix. Okay. Also very hot. Uh, but it it also ended strange because the camera clearly showed Pentagon Junior just kind of hanging out on the ramp, not rushing the ring to break up the final pin. He was just kind of there. So like oh come on guys at least don't put the camera there (laughs) but the match was hot it was cool uh that was definitely the highlight of the show uh then you had tessa blanchard versus taya valkyrie uh with special guest or special guest referee gail kim Uh, did you catch the result of this match rad no not the result
1: i did see some of the story leading up to it uh but i'm really not aware of what went down so go ahead and shoot
0: okay so this was like an old wcw nitro match okay it was the whole focus was gail kim versus tessa blanchard being uh leading to the very predictable kim costing blanchard the title uh looked i thought quite awful in this match she was quite off pace off beat uh from bell to bell essentially Uh, It just became a mess, really. I I mean, I get the booking that they were going for. I just think there was an obvious alternative rather than just having Blanchard just get in Gail Kim's face and Gail Kim giving her the EAT defeat and then tie a pinzer. I thought it was just pretty lazy. Uh, Especially if they're going to lead into Blanchard, Gail Kim, which is seemingly what they're going for. I think it would have been more interesting to have Gail Kim go for the title again to try and get it off Tessa. And then in the background, you could be building up someone like, oh, I don't know, Jordan Grace.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. So, uh, I didn't like this match at all. Uh, and Tessa Blanchard lost the title via nefarious means. I mean, it just made it to me. It just made Taya look like a weak champion. It made Gail Kim look like a dick. And Tessa Blanchard. Have legit beef. Instead of being the cocky heel that she was. Sure. Yeah. uh, Just by describing it, it sounds like a WCW Nitro match, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it definitely does. Something on Monday Nitro back in 2000.
0: It (laughs) was. Yep. And then the main event. Woof. It was over 20 minutes. Should have ended at 15 to 18. Uh, Yeah, Johnny Cage, or Johnny Cage. (laughs) Oh, that's that. <laughs> oh god. I'm
1: a Johnny Cage guy by the way. Uh, Brian
0: Cage against Johnny Impact. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that, that was, was a, a slip one. of the tongue. That was funny. <laughs> uh, okay, they have chemistry together from Lucha Underground, but man, it, it went too long, rad. Uh, once it passed at like 16 minute point, the guys just got super gassed. It was real sloppy. Uh, then the finish happened. Um it's important to note that the dudes from Survivor that Johnny Impact was because he was on Survivor, they were ringside. This is how it went down at the end, Rad. Th- think about it. It's already been kind of a sloppy mess for the last like couple minutes, right? Because mm-hmm. they're t- real tired. They can't hit their moves right. They're off pace. It, looks, it just looks bad. Well, then the guys from Survivor wanted to jump the rail. And then for like two minutes, the ref is just yelling at him. Trying to keep them from jumping the rail. There's no security coming over or anything. It's just the ref yeah. going, "No, no, no! You get, you can't, <laughs> be, no, uh no! You can't do that! No, no Sit down! Sit, you guys are bad." And Johnny Cage oh, gives, or Johnny Cage, God, I did it again. Brian Cage gives Johnny Impact the drill claw, and he pins him for like a thirty count, essentially.
1: Jesus. Okay.
0: Ref finally gets in the ring. Uh, they go for this funky, uh, like, so cage is on the inside of the ring and he's propped up on the second rope Uh, johnny impact does this the idea was to do a parkour spin over him and do a sunset roll-up from that middle rope well johnny not only completely missed cage right Mm -hmm. he also botched the roll-up cage accidentally slips out of the pin and the ref just kind of goes one two i guess that's three all right johnny retains hooray (laughs) crowd booed the hell out of it (laughs) so not a good not a good ending to your main event uh luckily kill across took out both uh johnny and taya to close out the show he powerbombed taya into the crowd which was pretty cool there. They kayfabed it where Taya suffered severe injuries from the deadly power bomb. So she's, uh, she's uh, off the show. Um, so now the question is, how do you feel about Johnny impact as champion now, as we continue into 2019 and the prospects of impact into this new year?
1: Uh, I actually think it's, it's, uh, uh, pretty cool. I think it should have been done a while back, but, uh, either way, him being champion coming into the new year mm-hmm. and, uh, Having his uh, wife, Taya, as the uh, women's champion as well. That's really cool to see. Uh, I'm not really sure we've ever seen a married couple as uh, champions. Sure, a lot of people will Triple say Triple H and
0: Stephanie it. McMahon. Yes. Yeah.
1: But uh, the time that they were champions, they were not married yet. So,
0: oh, yeah. No, really no, no Vegas drive through yet?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. So, uh, either way, um, yeah, it's, re- it's really cool to see that. So, I'm okay with it. And as of, right now I think uh, and we've mentioned this before in the cast because I think Impact Wrestling always had these plans for Johnny but okay. uh, he really is the face of Impact Wrestling right now as uh, you know he, he's, he's the guy so uh, I think him being champion is very fitting
0: so they always they always say he's, he's got the look of the champion and this comes from the Austin Aries and the whole idea of Austin Aries being the dick that he was was to build up Johnny Impact as that legitimate champion Who's never won the big one, and he finally did. I mean, it, it was a good moment at Bound for Glory, uh, and and Austin Aries did his job. He got he got Johnny O over, right? Sure. Well, Johnny Impact can't do promos at all. He's very, yeah, like he might as well have smoked a bunch of weed and be part of the Rascals, which is that new like that '70s show trio that's going on. He might as yeah. well be part of that, and he he he'd probably come off better because then his promos would make sense. But until then, he's very boring. Uh, he doesn't come across as likable, I would say, especially with getting the survivor guys involved. Um, and people can't relate to him because he looks like the million dollars, you know, kind of kind of persona, right? I don't think that flows well in, into this new year, new age. Right? Uh, does he belong at the top? I would agree he would, but to hold the title, I don't think so. And with that, we can get into the very first impact on Pursuit and Twitch from yesterday, actually. So we're coming we're coming into this fresh. Um, so the top guys are clearly going to be Johnny Impact, Brian Cage, Killer Cross, Eli Drake, and then you got guys like Pentagon and Phoenix in the wings, the X Division, you have Callahan, Swan, uh, Willie Mack, Matt Seidel, uh, with plenty to step in. So this is a much better situation than what Impact was going into 2018 last year. Mm-hmm. Much better. Uh, you might remember us trying to figure out like who the guys are going to be at the top. The roster's devastated. There's like no one there. Uh, everyone's like getting out of yeah, their contracts. I, I
1: think they, they've they've uh, they've managed throughout the year have come to maybe like a uh uh, a stable uh status um does this mean a positive future i don't know it seems to me that every year impact wrestling is always looking for like a new uh channel to be featured on or they're like on their last you know strings every Mm battle for glory you know always teasing that somebody's gonna come and swoop them up pick up their videotape library it's always something it's like they should have died a long time ago, but I am actually <laughs> surprised that they are not and they still continue. Uh, you know, the impact wrestling we're seeing today is definitely not the same TNA we saw uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, but either way, it is uh it is surprising, it is impressive that they're still around. Uh but right now I will give them that credibility that they're actually a stable organization versus a year ago, that I think everything was just all over the place.
0: Yes, uh, they're in a much more stable situation. Uh, They're on a channel that actually wants to invest in them for once. Uh, Is there a large audience? No, it's not as large as what they used to be on. But the difference is Anthem seems to care more. And now that they're on Twitch, they can expand their audience more there as well. And they have a stable roster for the first time in God knows how long. Uh, so that those are the positives. The negatives are still kind of the stigma that's behind it, the uh, the stink of TNA, as a lot of people like throwing around. Uh, so with that, let's get into what happened on Impact. The fallout from Homecoming. Well, there's only 250 people in this really tiny uh, gym or wherever they were at in the asylum. So it it's coming across as they're back to 2000. Two, three, four era type stuff. They sure. have a they have a small roster of guys. They're all very indie. There's some standouts, uh, and there's potential there. Uh, so that's that's the vibe I'm getting from it. And then you got the vibe of the bookers that are behind it with you know Don Callis and company um, that want to make Impact more edgy. The commentators were very adamant about. It's a new year. It's a new Impact. We got our guys. Time to make this edgy. <laughs> so quick hot opening segment with pissed off brian cage evil awesome killer cross and lame johnny impact because this promo johnny impact came out first he cuts a real lame promo the crowd was dead and then a, uh, cage quickly comes out to put a stop to that nonsense and the crowd was 100 behind cage cage wants his title shot back because he had him down forever and this guy's from survivor blahdy blahdy blah as we went over so this is your program going forward okay and Killer Cross came out and cut he cuts great promos. He very he's very articulate. Uh his character is he likes to play the mind games. I love Killer Cross. The crowd loves Killer Cross. Uh Brian Cage comes off as a badass, and he's good for it. And then you have Johnny Impact, who's just kind of that third wheel, and yet he's the champion. So it's not in that aspect, you got two thirds of the formula right, with the uh with the equation kind of coming coming to a hard stop at the end there. Mm-hmm um yeah johnny's just not getting over right now which is a bad sign it's kind of it, it made all of that work to bound for glory kind of mute within just a couple months seem it seem, it seemingly that way uh so he's been booked now for a no dq match in the main event for johnny versus killer cross so uh i think that's a little too soon but we'll see um and then rich swan comes out new x division champ he actually cuts a pretty good promo he's got ski goggles on for no reason not couldn't really figure out that figure out that but him and uh not matt striker josh matthews do you like this mean gene okerlin style interview you know where matthews is in the ring he calls out the guy guy comes out cuts a promo he asks him some questions um quite like that how do you feel about those kind of promos in uh 2019
1: I think they still work. They kind of bring legitimacy to any story or program going on. Uh, you know, we, we obviously saw it with Mean Jean, That was a huge success in the start of it all. Uh, we, you know, we've seen some interviewers uh, come here and there. Some I've liked, some I haven't, mm-hmm. but I think it could still work if it's properly uh, executed. And the art of interviewing someone uh, and doing a promo, I think lacks in today's uh, product, no matter what wrestling, Uh, show you're doing oh sure so yeah so i think in 2019 if we saw a little bit more of that uh, i'm definitely a fan of it i think sometimes it's necessary for uh, build up it makes great video packages you know Uh, the interviewer comes in you know has the wrestler state what's on their mind and i think it
0: works i think the interviewer needs a personality a character uh to me don Callis is a character you know josh matthews sure i do like I do like the idea of the guy interviewing in the ring and kind of dealing you know, calling the guy out and the guy the wrestler gets to say his words but Josh Matthews doesn't have enough character. You know, when he was with Matt Sydal, he was a character. It really reminded me of um like the Bonnie Bobby Heenan type character, you know, on right. commentary. I, I
1: totally agree with that. Otherwise, you're going to get a bland Adam Adamly or something, you know, and and we don't want
0: Well, it's almost like in WWE where you have a uh, nice face to look at white commentator 101 you know <laughs> all right um so callahan actually comes out uh, and offers swan to join join ove but then willie mac comes out and they have a uh they have a match so um it's really lame we got callahan versus mac yet again so this really goes with both of our statements earlier uh kind of why was this a pay-per-view match if you're just going to roll this same exact match out again uh, Mac rolls up Callahan this time. Callahan won at um, uh, Homecoming, so now you got a case of fifty-fifty booking here. Just kind of doesn't. To me, this doesn't do much for any guys. The match was better than Homecoming, but hey, uh, so that was definitely a uh, a low point. Was kind of booking behind this and then uh but there was a good match earlier with the Rascals and Lucha Bros. Uh good tag team match so impact has a very good tag team division going forward it's very solid. Cool. Uh then we have the Scarlet Bordeaux segment, rad. Ah uh, yeah <laughs> Okay. Uh so Scarlet Bordeaux uh teases uh she's gonna do a strip show because because uh it's gonna celebrate uh their first night on pursuit and being on twitch and she's gonna give them a sh- give us a show, Rad. <laughs> <laughs> Don Callis is like having a heart attack on commentary. Oh oh my god, Scarlet Porto's <laughs> coming. Oh no.
1: <laughs> yeah I think so is every fan in the building and watching
0: at home. Yeah. So she before, has that effect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's very it, it's edgy, right? Um <laughs> uh, so the Desi hit squad come out to ruin everyone's boner. <laughs> and uh they cut they cut just a horrible promo the desi hit squad is just awful uh, to be on tv they i feel real bad because uh gama singh is very he's you know he's a he's a legend in uh, stampede wrestling in canada the whole region regional scene in in that era but jesus christ this group is awful well that's quickly solved because who comes out well hey the, get that air siren because scott Steiner's coming out to advertise the pursuit channel <laughs> <laughs> God. He goes, "You might have you might uh, Let's see if I can do my best Scott Steiner impression. Uh, you might have noticed I came down with a limp in my leg because I was out hunting in Detroit and you can see the hunting on the Pursuit channel." <laughs> 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 and then he says some some other bullshit and beats up the Desi Hit squad and then uh Scarlett Bordeaux gets gets the mic and she goes, "Well, if you just wanted a front row seat, y'all you had to do was ask." Scott Steiner sits down middle of the ring she takes her robe off she's in you know a kinky little outfit she does like three moves kisses Steiner on the cheek and then walks away and that's the it that that, that was it
1: <laughs> so there you go the big pop-up pump white thunder segment
0: yeah he even goes yeah he even goes I gotta follow her to the back holla if you hear me I was like oh my god <laughs> same old Scotty Uh uh, yeah scott steiner was pretty funny in this just because he didn't do much he he put both desi hit squad members in the steiner recliner and then as soon as scholar bordeaux like gave him the chair he's like oh fuck this i'm gonna sit down and yeah, watch a strip. he's
1: <laughs> always easily seduced <laughs> except it's funnier now because i think now he's coming off more as like an old man so it's, it's <laughs> like, yeah it's like it's not the same yeah before 20 years ago it was like cool oh big papa pump he gets all the chicks but now it just looks funnier so
0: yeah yeah i like think I i'm with you on that. entertaining i think that's why <laughs> i was entertained because he's like he's now this old jacked up dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah all right and then um we move on to tessa blanchard beats up a jobber she uses uh gail kim's finishing move eat defeat to win she says in oh, the camera nice. she says in the camera i want gail so uh yeah would not have had tessa lose that match at, at uh at homecoming um,
1: okay. I like Tessa. She knows what she's doing. Oh, she yeah. I mean, a villain perfectly.
0: the The program's good, but if there was a title on the line and Taya not in doing the Taya things, I think this would have come across even better.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, and then we get to the main events. No DQ match. Johnny Impact versus Killer Cross. Crowd is chanting kill cross kill because not one person cares about Johnny anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Interesting. Yeah. You, know, you were just mentioning earlier. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh I like this match much more than a title match from a few months back. Uh and, and the crowd ended up getting uh heavily on the side of the match as well, despite the hate of Johnny just in general. So to me that further proves that Johnny doesn't need to be the champion to get over and he doesn't come across as that kind of California douchebag persona that he, he seems to uh have along as aura at least that's the way he comes across to me. Right. Yeah. Um had an interesting finish as Moose Moose interferes, pushes Johnny through a table. Uh Killer Cross puts in the cross jacket when the duo of Moose and Cross are still a thing. I like it. I like it. So a lot of ups and downs on on impact, uh but entertaining, I would say.
1: Entertaining and stable uh, regardless of what they got going on.
0: Yeah. Um there's consistency here, you know, not by, back then,
1: you know, when you had guys like uh, you know, Alberto Del Rio, no showing events and whatnot. You know, they just really couldn't rely on stuff like that. And I just think now they have more of a stable roster.
0: Yeah, the stable roster is definitely the big positive. And you can, you can 100% tell uh, how, how it's going to play into a factor later. They have their established top, they have their middle, they have their tags, they have their women's division. I, I think the women's division needs a little bit more work. Uh, but that's only because all of the talent in the world for women have essentially been snapped up by WWE, uh, which yeah. sucks.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, they're all over the place now. You know, yeah. you have uh, NXT, the main roster NXT UK. Um, back when they did the uh, Mae Young Classic, so
0: yeah. And then you can't forget about Ring of Honor's attempt at a women's division, where they're trying it's, to sign. You have AEW yeah. now starting their own women's division with uh, Britt Baker and Penelope Ford. So. It's uh, it's a great time to be a women's wrestler because you're getting snapped up everywhere. You're gonna have a job, it seems. <laughs> you're yeah. gonna have a lot of work. So at least that that's a good. thing is
1: offering too is equal uh, uh, salary for the women as well. So oh yeah, we didn't mention ma- that earlier.
0: Yeah, we didn't yeah. mention that. Um, the idea behind so that's that. That's cool to see. The idea behind that is, uh, the for equal play pay between men and women is um, your performance and your draw power. So think of. Becky Lynch kind of being the draw of WWE right now. See, she sure. would be getting the same as a top draw male. But then you got Lana, you know, th- think of her where she's hardly on. She's just kind of a manager. She doesn't draw that much. Uh, She wouldn't be getting the same pay as... She'd be getting the same pay as like a male manager, so to say. So that that kind of, that's the idea behind that. Okay. I'm, sh- I'm sure that is not, not everyone's going to get like a hundred grand salary or something. You <laughs> right. Know? Yeah.
1: Obviously it's, it's based on your, you know, credentials and, and what you can bring to the table. Uh, but it's, it's another alternative and a good opportunity for Women's wrestlers that are being signed other places than WWE. Obviously, where the money is at. So I think AEW is is the perfect fit for anybody looking for another option.
0: Yeah, and uh, and you can't forget Chris Jericho and Don Callis. Uh, Don Callis and Impact. Uh, they're really good friends. So we could be looking at a, rela- a very good relationship between Impact and AEW
1: that would be great for business on both parties i yeah. think it would impact has the roster of impact yeah it would revive impact but AEW can utilize that roster to fill up uh, mm-hmm. uh you know uh, weekly events or, or monthly pay-per-views what have you i think that would be really good for both parties
0: i think it would be as well because they don't have to look at it as direct uh, competition more uh, more along the line of uh you scratch our back we'll scratch your situation which is good yep. and uh speaking of good women's wrestling in Japan killed it the last few weeks to start off the new year. And uh, so I said in 2018, one of the highlights was getting into getting into Ice Ribbon, which is um, Manami Toyota's little makeshift promotion over in Japan. One of the most famous women's wrestlers of all time, at least from mm-hmm. a Japanese perspective. Uh, Ice Ribbon 930 was Ribbon Mania, so it took place at the end of the year, but it wasn't on your YouTube page until the new year. So um, we saw two great matches that built off the 10th anniversary show from August last year, which we covered. Uh, this time, Risa Sarah beat Hikaru Shida in what became essentially a TLC match. So you know where they got the idea from that. <laughs> Uh, very stiff. Lots of uh, lots of spots involving piles of chairs. A Death Valley driver through chairs and a ladder, which was pretty nasty to see. Went eighteen minutes. Good stuff there. Um, so now they're tied one to one. There was a pretty pretty emotional kind of promo. Each one cut backstage between Sarah and Sheeta, kind of having very much mutual respect for each other. They both want to be at the top, but they got to take each other out. Kind of attitude. Um, It's very interesting how Japanese women are not only booked, but kind of how their characters are, you know, built off a lot of respect for the for the uh, wrestling and industry. Sure. Yeah, it's very serious. That's a good way to put it. Uh, But the big main event was Tsukasa Fujimoto defending her title against the Queen of the Ring tournament winner, Maya Yukihi, the girl I fell in love with last year, Rad, if you remember that name.
1: Uh, Yeah, I, I kind of do.
0: And you might also remember this combination of Fujimoto and Yukihi being the third best women's match of 2018. you remember? Uh, Vaguely. Yeah. So uh, there was an elimination tournament uh, between the 10th Annie show and now, and that's where Maya got her title shot this match rad was even better than their august match oh wow okay it went it went two minutes longer stood at 23 minutes just excellent move exchanges it was stiff it was smooth uh nobody was heavily bruised up at the end of this one (laughs) Uh, because Maya at the end of the august show was just she got the shit kicked out of her well, in this case, Maya finally wins the big one. A huge heartfelt promo at the end. Uh, and Tsukasa Fujimoto even cuts one in the back saying, you know, it's good for, you know, young, new talent to step up to the challenge. I may have lost the title, but it's good for me to have more challenges and gives me motivation to stay at the top and want to be there. So kind of a Tanahashi type attitude there with uh, Tsukasa Fujimoto. Mm-hmm. And, um, maya is just she was just incredible in this match she was pulling off all her good moves sukasa had this really wild sequences where she would spin around maya on on occasion and hit hit just these moves i've never seen before i definitely recommend hitting up ice ribbons youtube page and watching the highlights of this match it's quite something to see
1: okay we will do i'm yeah. actually googling it now on youtube
0: yeah um Every indie promotion out there pretty much has a YouTube channel and they put matches up all the time and at the very least highlights of kind of their events. Uh, if you can't find streams on Ice Ribbon or whatnot or you don't want to uh, pay for the events via the Japanese uh, stage that they're at, you can go to their YouTube channel and see some of the stuff. It's it's quite something to, to see. Um, and then another news coming out of Ice Ribbon, uh, Masaki Ota, Won a big elimination match uh, late last year and eliminated everybody. And then she also went to a 15 minute draw with Fujimoto a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago. So she's probably the next contender to look out for, which I'm excited for. So Rad, I ask you this. How do you feel about uh, not just Maya, but kind of the the newly built talent here to win the major title to start off a new year?
1: I think that's, uh, I I think that's good. I mean, when you have a new year, that's pretty much your chance to uh, reboot any product. We were just talking about reboots earlier. Uh, I think with a new champion, you pretty much accomplish that. And that kind of like, I guess, uh, defines uh, the the year of, of, you know, what you're watching this way, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe in the future, you go back and you're like, oh, yeah, 2019. I remember that year. That was when such and such was champion, you know, something like that, you know, so I, I think that's very good for marketing and the product.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh this this is why I also thought uh Brian Cage should have won at homecoming over I see your
1: your Johnny Impact. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense.
0: Yeah, you wanna reboot, you wanna you wanna uh get a new feel for the promotion, new champion is a is a good way to start. Uh someone that yes. earned it. And um we got two we got two different examples here. We got Maya and Ice Ribbon, uh the, the new up and comer built person finally winning the big one. And then, on impact side, we have Brian Cage, who's basically been unbeatable since his debut, and then he loses an impact the way he did you know uh there's a reason why the impact fans booed that, and then the ice ribbon fans fucking lost their goddamn minds when Maya won finally, even though they love Sukasa fujimoto so uh interesting, interesting stuff uh I love ice ribbon uh they got i I wish it was easier to. Uh, Take in personally, but you know it's like PWG. You you can you get it when you can kind of deal, you know. So on to Stardom. I make my notes here. Uh, Stardom is definitely something we're probably going to cover more on this podcast. Cover covering all their shows and uh, for that. It's the best women's promotion out there. It's the best highlight of women. I think it has the best conglomeration of of talent and booking of the talent in the world. And yes, I do include WWE. Uh, I think WWE women are probably... I think their top are the best, but they don't book them the best. You know what I mean? Right. Because um, you still see like Lana wrestling and what have you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, uh, their Christmas show went up the first week of January, and we're covering that to their uh, their two uh, Shinkiba shows, so kind of their New Year's, New Year's Dash shows is a way to put it. Uh, so just some news here. Hazuki won the high-speed title, uh, a title we don't get to see too much. Uh, she pulled a Brock Lesnar on a shooting star press.
1: Oh, did she really? Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, luckily, she immediately got up, and uh, then she won the match, but... um.
1: Oh, man.
0: Yeah, the the crowd popped for the shooting star press, and then saw her land and went, "Oh no!" <laughs>
1: oh man, yeah, I'm pretty sure it looked
0: pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, I took a screenshot of it, and she just landed right on her neck. It was a uh, it was a bad fall. Um, so she won that title. She caught a pretty cool promo afterwards. Red. She she says, "Quote, uh, Hazuki will paint stardom the color, or no, I uh, I will paint stardom the color of Hazuki in 2019." So she's she seems to be uh prime for a big push in the new year. Is Hazuki. Which I'm quite excited for. That's uh that's a young talent on the up and up. And then uh Jungle Kiona had a great showing in a fatal four way, getting her getting her back on track for a singles run. You remember Rad, uh her and her her uh, her group John, uh, you know, the jungle girls. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh they they kinda had a falling out because they lost their titles and and uh Jungle Kiona was kind of on a losing streak, but not really. Uh, but she was definitely in a rut. She even had her own teammate basically talk shit to her. You know, go back to your singles shit because this tag team stuff's not working. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Didn't say shit, but pretty much pretty much implied. Yeah, um,
1: pretty much implied. So Jungle
0: that. Kiona got, got the got the fatal four way win. That was cool to see. She she's uh she's definitely one of my favorite people to watch in in stardom and um she really put a a big impression on me in 2018 um momo and utami hayashashita our rookie of the year last year defended the tag belts already making a name for herself yeah oh yeah big time and this is no exception so she defends the tag tag belts here against star members Saki and tam nakano it's a good stuff um some shit talk was made post-match as momo said stars is nothing without mayu iwatani and tom nakano took a real negative to that uh she was insulted uh but tom nakano has been like a pushover in stardom for about the last eight months she got like one win in the uh five-star grand prix aka the g1 if you want to compare mm-hmm. um so this was kind of uh, the building of a Momo-Tam Nakano feud for the white belt that Momo has. And Tam Nakano is kind of coming off as that um, that uh, that wrestler that's kind of in a rut and needs a win. And uh, going up against someone like uh, the champion Momo here uh, could get her back on. At least get her a good babyface little underdog run so that that was the hint there so then uh here's something that I was not expecting watching this show red and I highly hope you check this out there's a new wrestler newly trained called Sadie Grib G- Sadie Gribbs Sadie Gibbs out of the u k
1: Sadie Gibbs and she's in stardom right now uh
0: she's been working stardom she's also in pro wrestling Eve because pro wrestling eve uh with the with 2019 happening all of their talent are signed with nXt u k right so now they can't work in Eve anymore, pretty much. Okay. So Eve introduced all these new people to finish out 2018, and Sadie Gibbs was one of them. Uh, she's she's uh, been training the last couple years. Well, she's she showed up in stardom for the first time, and what does she do? She pulls off a Osprey-like back handspring moonsault over the top rope to the outside, oh, just wow, in this just in this tag match, and I just went, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> oh my god she left a huge impression on me there was even a battle royal uh in which um jamie hater was kind of talking shit to her and they were egging her on and how does she eliminate herself she does this back handspring moonsault the crowd just goes nuts for her just doing this one move do you remember when uh ember moon first debuted in nxt and she pulled off the eclipse and everyone just like lost their mind Oh, it was yeah, just yeah. so cool. It was like that.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. So Sadie Gibbs She's is a the name one to uh, check out. Okay. She's a name to look out for. Uh. Uh. So uh. So fun. Some fun stuff happened as well. Where Jamie Hader, you know, my girl, my newly found girl, she turned heel in stardom. Rad. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. During a during that same tag match, I think it was the same one. Uh. She cost her team the win. And joined Oedo Tai, K- uh, Kagetsu's group. The kind of rambunctious heels of stardom. So She 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 goes, uh, every stardom show I come on, Oedo Tai is always at the top. They always win. You guys have fun. I want in. And then uh, Kagetsu's like, hell yeah, come join us.
1: <laughs> you know, and right now I'm actually, uh, I'm sorry, going back to Sadie Gibbs. I just saw that move that she did. She like... You know, flipped all over the place and just right to the outside onto the women. Holy cow.
0: It's awesome, some right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then to finish off the Shinkiba shows, uh, we got some rivalries going forward. Um, Hazuki talking shit to Starlight Kid, uh, the very adorable luchadora type character in, in stardom. So um, the high speed belt uh, will be those two going forward um, to the Osaka show uh, later this month. Uh, Starlight Kid lost her rising stars belt, so that's kind of your rookie belt in stardom. To Utami. <laughs> so Utami's a double champion now. And we're only two weeks into 2019.
1: Wow, and yeah, it's like so quick.
0: Yeah. Debuts, five star Grand Prix. She wins the tag titles after the uh after the uh the G1 version of the of the tag team tournament, and now she's the rookie champion. Uh, and Utami even cut a promo saying she's going for all the gold in 2019 so we got Hazuki saying she's going to paint the, the color of her and then we got Utami saying she's going to win all the gold so uh, the young talent is rising in stardom Um feels like a new era yeah it definitely feels like that especially with Kyrie and Io Shirai leaving that's big there's rumors of Mayu Iwatani uh, possibly signing somewhere else I know AEW met with her. I don't think she'll sign with AEW, but working out a deal at least with kind of Ring of Honor. She she has a three year visa with Ring of Honor, so may, we might see Mayu get more time in Ring of Honor before AEW. But it's definitely something to note because she wasn't in the Rising Stars Battle Royal, or not Rising Stars, the New Year's Battle Royal, uh, in which we saw Starlight Kid actually win. So right after she lost her title, um, she eliminated utami to uh and a and um a couple other people to essentially get her win back and make her look strong going into her going for a belt that's above the the rookie belt now so pretty cool stuff and then more momo won't leave tom nakano alone constantly putting her down um it's a good little redemption babyface character to challenge for the white belt i like it i like all this stuff going forward in stardom a lot of stories going on yeah yeah new era as you said red
1: yeah new era
0: it's it's uh if if you if you're looking to get into stardom this would be the right time for sure uh new new faces new pushes uh it seems kagetsu might be losing that red belt sooner rather than later um the hint is, uh no jungle kiona and kagetsu are going at it one more time i'm very curious to see if jungle kiona will win that title so we have a lot of rivalries to kickstart the year it's really cool it's very intriguing but again, it's serious, so it's not for everybody. But it's it, the, the talent is there. Okay. So I gotta make my notes for Stardom. Am I convincing you to watch Stardom yet, Red?
1: <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, it's something that I need to uh, to uh, work on. Maybe uh, getting a subscription for them as yeah.
0: well. It's like 4 or $5 a month. It's not expensive. Yeah,
1: it's very cheap.
0: Yeah. And you can pick and choose the matches. And they have little little funny promos before each match for all the people uh, it's usually a lot of Japanese we're going to win this match I hope to get a win back kind of thing but hey <laughs> when you got people like Kagetsu just being like uh, she she cuts some random stuff like uh, I'm going to beat you in a minute here's this cup ramen because that's how long it takes to, to cook it and she hands it to an audience <laughs> member nice. time this yeah. <laughs> that's funny <laughs> alright <clears throat> I think it's time for another drop so we can uh time this sucker and uh Rad, if you need to take a break, now would be the time.
1: Okay, sounds good. Let me go ahead and take get another break. I mean uh get another drink, I'll be right back.
0: Cool. How does Kevin try to defend a possibly bad video game? <laughs> I'm telling you, that was the worst <laughs> I, 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 part of the game. Me, you're trying to make logic out of it, Man, you kid. just save <laughs> like... for D <laughs> I just I, I think it's a good I think it's
1: an like I think it's above average I'm not saying it's great yeah I
0: yeah, know I know it's
1: just like alright maybe
0: it's the fact that it's an acid trip like in a cartridge yeah I suppose maybe that's why I thought it was fun I, I don't just know. also thought it was funny
1: when you would turn the game on and it's just Freddy Krueger standing there it's like oh, it's like, alright let's do this this Freddy Krueger you fucking pop in and hear this goofy ass music
0: you can listen to further banter from the Red Leaf Retrocast via iTunes Stitcher Smart Radio Spotify and all your favorite podcasting outlets. And now, back to our regular show. All righty. We are back from intermission. We're ready to talk some WXW, my favorite promotion on this planet today.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, it's not even close. It's easy. I'm a mark for it. I'll say it. <laughs> oh God. Ugh. I hope you chime in more on this one, Rad, because this was this was uh this was a fun few weeks for WXW. Uh, they had their 18th anniversary show at the end of December. Um, got to watch it uh, in the first week of January. So, uh, <laughs> packed to the walls with 1,100 people. Awesome to see. It's a new Oberhausen r- record, I believe. That they were able to do. So that's a good sign for German wrestling.
1: Yes, it is.
0: Um, announced right away that David Starr suffered an injury. And now there will be a mystery opponent for Absolute Andy's WXW Unified title. So that's kind of uh, bad news there. Also, more bad news. Marius Al-Ani, the shotgun champion, so their mid-card title, he suffered a sh- shoulder injury, so there's no shotgun title match either. So both champions, uh outside the tag champions, are injured to announce the start of the show. Not good news, right? Um Most companies would shit the bed with lazy booking on how they would handle this. Well, I can't wait to I can't wait to get there, Rad. Um how do you think they booked this uh without looking at the agenda? <laughs> Unless you already have and you spoiled yourself.
1: Uh kind of uh, glanced through it already, so oh,
0: okay. Well then, never mind.
1: <laughs> but definitely, uh, looking forward to hearing your thoughts on it.
0: Yeah, I know uh, the 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 thing that comes to mind immediately was we got AJ Styles versus Finn Balor in a makeshift singles match, which was a good match, but not you know not worth anything. No story behind it. It was just a match, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, somehow WXW was able to put a good story behind it. So, show starts with the tag team title gauntlet match. Uh, turned into an all rise versus rise storyline with new rise and old rise. Uh, still going on, good stuff. Uh, crown pins Monster Consulting, rise pins the crown. JFK, the champs come out third. Uh, all Ani makes his appearance with the shoulder injury uh, to the ring and he hits a member of JFK, uh, Jay Skillet, with the brass knucks to make rise get the DQ. So he hit the other dude. So the team they're feuding with would lose via DQ. I thought I thought that was uh that's good booking to me. Um, you don't see that a lot, do you? Red usually you just no, see guys yeah. like beat each other up and whatever. Yeah, yeah. So this was th- that was brilliant. Uh, Rise was super pissed off. Um, but the new Ryze, the team new Rise uh, came out last uh, after a little more shenanigans and more brass knucks from Tarkan Oslan. We got new tag champs. The Crowd goes boo hard. (laughs) Oh, really? They hated New Rise winning the title the way they did. Uh it made the heel team JFK. They they like looked at each other, they looked at Rise and they're like, what the fuck, man? (laughs) So JFK coming off strong despite uh them losing. Um bouncer and Kiev of old rise comes out post-match to get revenge. They go for a beatdown and they call for a Kfig schlacht. At back to the roots <laughs> means cage match in in German. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, good story stuff. Um, the match was underwhelming mostly, but the stories were the, uh, being told were interesting. Uh, match went about twenty two minutes. We got Doug Williams being inducted into the w, w, uh, wxw Hall of Fame. Uh, it went way too long. They were c- clearly filling time with the missing match on the card now and they didn't feel like putting in a makeshift match to kind of bore the crowd, but hey, whatever. Good to see Doug Williams in the Hall of Fame for German wrestling. Uh, Then German UFC fighter Nick Hine comes out and being introduced as the special enforcer kind of situation for the uh, title, the uh, Absolute Andy title match. Uh, This guy got heavy booze from the crowd they fucking hate him and i don't know why i think it's because they immediately like associate ufc fighter and wrestling as like brock lesnar so they're like fuck this guy
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah they don't have anything to do with that
0: oh yeah and he's he's a very boring promo he comes off as just this like regular guy Uh, who's just this UFC dude happens to be this UFC dude Um, crowd hates him like beyond reason it's quite funny (laughs) Um, so this is where we get to the title match now deemed by the events of double injury the WXW board of directors have given an upgrade to lucky kids shotgun title shot now he is to face absolute Andy for the WXW title as Andy must defend crowd goes crazy 100% behind lucky kid and I, you know me I love lucky kid
1: <laughs> right
0: yeah uh, match went 25 minutes and it had everything it was a good match it reminded me so heavily heavily of something out of the 90s in WCW
1: oh cool okay
0: you would love this match rad yeah uh, it had all any interference Um, Andy's foot under the rope uh, with Lucky Kid, like, overcoming the odds, John Cena style. Uh, the special enforcer Dick Hine, as I'm going to call him, uh, reverses the decision to have the heel, uh, re- like, the, the, so the match gets restarted. Andy Dick kicks Lucky Kid, because everyone thinks Lucky Kid's the champ. Even WXW themselves put out on Twitter that Lucky Kid had won the title, and I had people spoil the match for me. So I'm like, what the fuck oh, happened? Well, yeah. WXW pulled one on their own social media. Cause when I watched the match and then it got restarted, I'm like, what the fuck's happening? I got <laughs> swerved on social media, rad. <laughs> okay. So match gets restarted. Uh, absolute Andy Dick, uh, kicks lucky kid in the dick. Uh, F, F5, F5 dominator wins. Um, Nick Hein uh, reluctantly handle, hands the title to uh, Absolute Andy, and um, people booed Absolute Andy winning hard, right? Because the the huge babyface Lucky Kid, the up and comer, had won the title, but now it was taken away from him. And then uh, Nick, as soon as Nick Hine got in the ring, all of a sudden everyone's hate for Absolute Andy just disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly satisfied. The dude who has been heavily booed since winning, since his run in March last year, winning 16 karat gold, all the, like immediately becomes a baby face when up against this UFC fighter. It's quite funny. <laughs> oh man! Because to finish it off, Andy kicks Nick Hine in the dick and gets this huge ovation from the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the opposite of what clearly what WXW wanted, you know? Right. So um then Ilya Dragonoff comes on the screen and uh he cuts a promo in Dragonoff style and then he goes uh you keep winning one over and then at Back to the Roots we will have a KFX shocked." <laughs> <laughs> if you couldn't <laughs> tell back yeah, if you couldn't tell back to the roots is kind of uh think of hell in a cell, but it's cage match everything uh, everything's kind of focused around a cage match so poor lucky kid but hey uh andy's still a dick right <laughs> right so what is your thoughts on this guy constantly retaining the title via these uh dick kick shenanigans
1: uh well if he's trying to play the uh the role of a heel which i would assume is the case here yes uh, very much so <laughs> yeah I, I would say uh, by all means i mean hey it's part of what he's doing so if it gets the fans to uh to hate on him for the right reasons i say by all means go for it
0: yeah well good stuff i i i definitely highly recommend rad you you seek out this main event or it's it wasn't even the main event it was uh the co-main event this match uh like i said it's very 90s wcw booking-esque and it worked
1: yeah sounds like it
0: yeah um so i'm not sure what the plan here is with the ufc fighter nick hein going forward the crowd definitely hates him uh, I did mention even Andy got cheers after punting him in the dick. Um, so Nick Hine was uh, announced as the special guest ref for the KFX schlacht between Dragonoff and Andy. So I hope we don't. My hope is we don't get a Taya Valkyrie, Tessa Blanchard with Gail Kim situation. Oh, okay. That would really blow in my mind. But who knows? WXW uh, hasn't let me down yet in their booking. Um, what are your thoughts about bringing in this UFC fighter into uh, into the promotion?
1: Uh, if he if that's what he wants to do, and if it brings more awareness to the product, uh, go for it. It's just that I think right now we live in a time of age there's a lot of uh, uh, indie wrestling marks that might not accept that going back to what you just mentioned earlier mm-hmm. about how we all just see MMA guys as another Brock Lesnar. Right. So they're just not wanting to have any of it. Uh, you know, it's even happening to Ronda Rousey and that's unfortunate for her, but it mm-hmm. is what it is. And I think wrestling fans despise the uh, MMA scene crossing over to our side.
0: I'll give you an example of, of who's an, uh, an MMA UFC guy who's working and that's an MLW with uh, filthy Tom Lawler. And uh, okay. I th- I think it has a lot to do with how they're booking him, and this is what MLW is doing very right. They're making him a UFC fighter, right? A legit badass, but he has to work for everything instead of just he's put at the top kind of deal. And he even has right. and he even has this little UFC group where he's called where it's called a uh, team Filthy, because UFC always has their like band of minions kind of deal.
1: <laughs> sure,
0: you know. Uh, so that's what they're doing in MLW. So I'm very curious to see if. If uh, WXW goes goes that route with the Nick Hine, or he's just kind of this one-off special guest referee kind of situation and something to get kind of in the news in Germany, we'll 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 see. Um, I have my reservations about it, uh, but hey, if if the crowd loves this UFC guy watching him get kicked in the dick all the time, then hey, more power to him, I guess. <laughs> uh, the main event. Of uh, 18th Annie was uh, British Strong Style, Tyler Bate, Pete Dunn, and Trent Seven versus Ringkampf with the returning Axel Dieter Jr. teaming with uh, the rest of Ringkampf, Walter, and Timothy Thatcher. So this was a 30 minute match and they tore the fucking house down. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. It had your typical uh, technical start, you know. There, WXW in the smaller ring, so they got to work with what they got. So that catch style uh, really works, and the crowd knows it. Um, lots of back and forth. Uh, Dieter Junior. You could tell was kind of out of his element. He hasn't wrestled uh, like this in a long time, being kind of in purgatory of NXT with no plan for him over the last like year, year and a half. Uh, so he's just kind of get, getting his bearings back but he was super over the crowd fucking loved him. Uh, at one point he did his WWE nine thing where he throws his finger across the air and he goes nine when he reverses something and the crowd just kind of go, they they kind of go, Oh God. <laughs> Cause they know that's a WWE thing now. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't get over <laughs> like, Oh yeah. A German saying nine. Oh, how funny. Right. <laughs> so that didn't, that didn't get over. He only did it the one time. He usually does it like multiple times during a match. Um, Mm, Not uh, this time. Not this time. He's like, okay, that didn't work. I won't won't do that again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Surprisingly enough, Thatcher uh, used his new kind of pin finisher on Trent 7 for the win. The Trent 7 took the pinfall. Ring Conf wins. Post-match, Dieter announced his entry into the 16 Carat tournament come March. Fuck yeah, the crowd went insane. So Dieter will be back in WXW going forward. Uh, He seems to have a more lax... NXT UK contract than others. Great to see. Good show. Uh, A little long in the middle. Kind of, you know, they were missing the match, but uh, title match was booked very entertainingly, and the main event delivered on all fronts. I I like the show, Red. Big surprise, right? (laughs) 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 Alright. So onto to uh road to back to the roots because uh shot the 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 weekly show shotgun is uh no longer a thing now that Christian Mikhail Yakobi is uh he stepped away that was his brainchild it was just a lot of uh, work to take on for a small indie promotion doing a weekly show okay so now they're doing the new Japan type thing where it's a uh, a road to show so they this is where they're gonna hype up a lot of the the rivalries and and do backstage promos and um have kind of makeshift tag matches and what have you to hype up the the events for the upcoming pay-per-view and so far it's been hit or miss in a lot of the matches and segments but uh road to back to the roots was excellent i like this more than the 18th annie show i like this more than their last couple pay-per-views as a whole this was great um If you want to get into WXW for the first time, watching Back to the Roots is where you start for 2019. Like, this is where you come in. You watch Back to the Roots, you're all set with storylines and matches going forward and rivalries. You're you're good. Like, this is perfect. So, what I'm getting at is there was so much storytelling there that we're just going to focus on that. I will mention a match every now and again, but uh, I won't go into the match because the stories... Are, are, were just killer on this show, Rad. Uh, Absolute Andy was killer and had high, hot fire promos all night. There was like four segments with the guy, right? And they were all different. I don't know what's... I, I don't know how he's doing it, but he has just been great the last like six to eight months. And all of his promos fit his character on top of that. He's the cocky champ, he's the heel champ, and he's the scared champ. He does all sure. three what he's doing is really working then it's really working uh so let me just run down like what what he was saying uh and then I'll, then you can uh, tell me your thoughts okay uh, he's not washed up he's only 27 he has much more to give <laughs> by the way he's in his he's <laughs> mid to late 30s <laughs> wow. uh, he got a phone call on christmas day after he defended the title from from some greek gods like zeus to join him on mount olympus <laughs> To join them <laughs> oh that's hilarious uh tommy geeson the announcer uh kind of the the mean gene announcer backstage uh interviews andy and asks about ufc fighter nick hein and Ilya. and uh andy then gets frantic and says hein doesn't belong in wrestling re- in the wrestling ring and Ilya doesn't deserve another title shot so there's your kind of there's your uh, there's your thing um And his last one was Andy was backstage with headphones on, having his WXW title in his arms, and he's staring at it. He just keeps repeating, I am the champion, over and over again, like a self-help tape. (laughs) And then FYI, it was just himself saying in the tape, it was just himself in the tape saying the same thing over and over again on an MP3. (laughs) I'll repeat. Because David Starr shows up and talks some shit, and he's like, that's just you saying I am the champion in the tape. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's good stuff. And uh, David Starr informs them uh, the WXW board of directors have stipulated for the London show after Back to the Roots, the winner of the Kfix Schlacht. I love saying that if you haven't noticed, uh, will face David Starr. Pronounce uh, it so well. <laughs> well, I do speak German, so uh, yeah. since he missed uh, the 18th Annie shot due to injury, so fair enough. Uh, cool stuff. We have we have stakes involved, right?
1: Yeah, obviously there's build up there now.
0: Yeah. So that was all absolute Andy. I fucking loved him. He was brilliant in the month of January to start off. Uh Avalanche, my boy, part of Monster Consulting. Uh even Travis Hibiki TMD loves the guy cuz he mm-hmm. he he's a kind of a callback to the um the natural disasters, you know, with earthquake yeah. and typhoon. He's he's very oh, much yeah. yeah, you can tell. Uh he continues having trouble with keeping Monster Consulting together because uh his partner had a serious neck injury. Uh, we don't know when he's going to be back, so he's been looking for tag partners. Well, he goes up to Emil Satoshi. Uh, he was sad he didn't win the tag titles. They've had you know, problems with Jern Simmons and the crown. Uh, but Emil Satochi the veteran of WXW, a guy we don't get to see too often, really. He's just kind of in this backstage role all the time. Uh, Satochi has his arms crossed. He's up against the wall, and he just goes, I'm fed up with losing. I was tired of losing with Dragon uh, last year. He's tired of his friends um, letting him down. He's tired of losing matches. His colleagues getting getting all these contracts. He's kind of referencing Volter uh, to uh, to NXT and Dragon off getting all the Euro, all the other Euro dates outside of WXW. Uh, so we could be looking at an Emil heel turn soon, which would be really cool to see. I'd, I'd like to know where he goes with that. Maybe he joins Rise. Who knows?
1: Oh, that'd be interesting.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then uh, Avalanche then kind of goes, "Well, I guess I'll just fucking do it myself." So we could in in this case then we could be looking at an Avalanche singles run, which I'd be totally for. Um, so then uh, cut to Urn Simmons claiming he's still sick because he missed a uh, a house show apparently, and goads Avalanche into an impromptu handicap match because <laughs> Avalanche can't keep his cool; he's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, surprisingly enough, Avalanche, uh, wins the handicap match, but then immediately gets beat down by Yearn Simmons. And, uh, and then, uh, Yearn goes, oh, it's a miracle. I'm okay. Very WCW heel type stuff. Right. And, um, so Yearn beats Avalanche in a singles match right after and, uh, but then Yearn takes all the credit and, uh, this really irks Alexander James, his fellow crown tag team partner the wrong way. So, uh, Alexander James just goes, well, fuck. Well, then I'm going back to the States and leaving you all on your own. So we get uh, Avalanche versus urine for Back to the Roots set, uh, kind of culminating the rivalry of Monster Consulting and The Crown in a singles match. So pretty cool there. Yeah. Um, makes sense. Continuity. Uh, and everybody looks strong. Avalanche wins, wins a handicap match, and then Yearn, uh, being the chicken heel, being the big die. And he he wins all the time. Uh there was a really funny segment, very short, of Melanie Gray just losing her fucking shit backstage. She's screaming, she's pushing dudes around. She f- randomly finds Tony Storm and beats the shit out of her, and then runs away. Oh damn! Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Tony Storm gets super pissed, and she tells uh, back she tells uh, backstage interviewer uh, Geeson that she's finally had it with Melanie Gray because Melanie's crazy. So at back to the roots, they're gonna have a loser leaves. Town match. I think we know where this is going, Rad. Tony Storm's going to lose and leave WXW.
1: Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. But, um... Well, I I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, she's... Obviously, onto bigger and better things. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Tony Storm because with the recent controversy, we really don't know what the future. Oh, sure, uh, yeah. The uh, the, her. the
0: social media thing.
1: Yeah, that's that's very unfortunate. Uh, you know, uh, very sad to hear about her because she she has such a promising future. But I, I know how much of a fan of Tony Storm you are, and. You've even exposed me to some of her work in WXW. Mm -hmm. So the fact that she's no longer going to be there, that's unfortunate. But hey, I mean, where are we going to see her? Is she already going to be, I guess, uh, uh, dedicated to a single promotion now? Or or WWE with the uh, UK thing they got going Uh, on?
0: I think she's on on one of those special uh, upper echelon tier one NXT UK contracts where she's only going to work NXT UK. I think she's okay. going to be the face of the women's division there going forward. Um So yeah, I'm sad to see her in WX, sad to see her leave WXW. She's been such an intricate part of just the whole European women's indie scene in general. Uh there's also a uh, an emotional uh video out online where the owner of Pro Wrestling Eve cut a hell of a promo thanking Tony Storm for her work uh within just the European indie scene and how she's helped build uh, built women's wrestling, um, mm-hmm. even though she's only 23, it's pretty crazy. Uh, so then, uh, more more story stuff. I love Tony Storm. It's gonna be sad to see her leave, but hey, absolutely, life will go on. Um, Melanie Gray losing her shit was quite funny. <laughs> a lot of screaming. Uh, next, Timothy Thatcher uh, was teaching Fight Muller kind of a hold or two, and uh, I burst out laughing as Thatcher tried to tell Fight. Muller how to focus on a shoulder you know like David Starr's got a shul- sh- uh, hurt shoulder right now and then of course David Starr was in the room <laughs> oh, and Starr's like hey I'm right here and he yeah. goes and Thatcher just kind of looks at him uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh so it leads to a challenge at Back to the Roots Starr versus Thatcher so uh, it, so this is kind of a thought here I had Rad Star has the title match in London right Thatcher's on a winning streak in WXW recently uh, with beating, uh, with getting the pin at 18th Annie against um, British Strong Style and pinning Volter in the event before that. So whether Star wins or not at Back to the Roots, I don't think matters because he has his title shot. But if Thatcher wins, I'd, I think he's in line for uh, number one contender. Ah,
1: okay. So here comes the big push.
0: I, th- I think this is a push push for Thatcher. Uh, I think yeah. WXW is trying to push uh, as many stars as they can, and Thatcher's very over with the crowd. Uh, and so is David Starr. So I think we got kind of main event caliber people here uh, going forward. Um, they got a plan. They got a plan. How How much are you familiar with Thatcher's work? Besides just kind of listening to me prattle on on the podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, pretty much on the podcast. I don't think I've really seen any of his work per se, at least not, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a new show or anything live for that matter. It's uh, usually anything that happens. Oh, check this out, you know, clip or whatever. Right. Yeah, but uh, but not not like a full match uh, per se.
0: I'm sure you could find a Drew Gulak Timothy Thatcher Evolve match online somewhere. Uh that would be oh, something I would recommend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. Thatcher I believe was like Evolve champion for a year or something. Um he helped build that promotion. Um speaking of Evolve right fast, that promotion's done. It, it's it's like NXT Training Ground now. Yep. It's uh
1: NXT to NXT.
0: Oh. It's uh yeah, I'm very sad because I liked Evolve. Um oh well. Watch other promotions, I guess, now. So, uh, more story. Uh, this is funny stuff right here, Rad. I'm getting into. Uh, Bobby Guns is having a major confidence crisis. <laughs> he, since How he won... So? so, so if you remember last August, he won Shortcut to the Top. WXW's uh, Rumble, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was just coming off uh, his amazing shotgun title run, his mid, mid, uh, mid-card run. Uh, and everyone in the chat, welcome. I see you guys talking in the chat. Cool. Uh, but, awesome. Welcome, guys. Yeah. Ever since he won that Rumble, he hasn't like won a match. And I didn't even notice it. Because he lost to Ilya, right, for the interim title. Then he lost to Andy, losing his shot at the title. And now he's lost to Shigeru Ire twice including the match here on uh, road to back to the roots. So he's losing his goddamn mind backstage. He's having like hardcore uh, confidence issues. Uh, his, his, um, his brother Vinny, is like telling him no 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 come on man you'll get by this you know it's no big deal you just got you know you just got to get a win back you know and, and then Bobby Guns like loses his mind he's like he's telling the fuck off he's slamming doors oh, <laughs> he's man. kind of legit mad he yeah. and, and Bobby Guns specifically says at one time uh, he's sick of being out wrestled by the Japanese style and uh, okay. so Guns and Irei Irei kind of looks at him in the eye and, and puts up three fingers so they're gonna go at uh go at it a third time for the sake of bobby guns confidence <laughs> at back to the roots so we're getting a third match sure. so what what i take away I, i'm curious what you take away uh from this whole losing streak that guns is seemingly on to uh the the uh, the main eventers and now ira losing twice what do you take away from this
1: oh uh, because he, he seemed I never... to be
0: in a huge push, right?
1: Yeah, uh, suddenly, at least even when I was uh, exposed to the product that's at least what I saw. Uh it's interesting now that that's no longer the case. Um I don't know, I'm even afraid to say that is he stuck at just uh being on this losing streak or you know, uh, obviously they they're booking him this way for a reason and mm-hmm. I don't know maybe if it's some kind of uh build up or character growth, but you're more in tune with the story itself, so I really don't know what do they have okay. going on for him right now.
0: So you're worried that he might he might be stuck in the mid card, right? They're not they're not confident he can he can handle main event, uh. And not stuff. that
1: they're not confident, I just think maybe there's no room for him in the main event oh, at this
0: point. Okay. Uh, well, the king of smoke style, I think, is definitely the future of WXW. Of barring, of course, WWE doesn't fucking snap him up. <laughs> yeah. Um. But what I take away from this is guns wasn't versatile enough as a wrestler to beat Absolute Andy and Ilya Dragunov. So Andy's got the smarts. He kept outsmarting him. Ilya was just um, stronger and more energetic. So I think he wasn't versatile enough. So once he figures out how to beat Irye, a Japanese-style wrestler, he will not only have his mojo back, but he'll also be a stronger battle wrestler because now he can... Combat a different style. I think that's the story being told here. I might be overthinking it too, <laughs> <laughs> as I do. Uh, but hey, that could it could be the case he could break out a new move to bre- to beat Itoe, and that you know that'll be I've I've bettered the Japanese style. I've bettered this this guy who's beaten me twice kind of deal. They're making wins matter, basically, is what I'm looking at it, which I quite like. Yeah, yeah. And finally, uh, some last little promos are: Valter uh, inviting Fight Muller to a tag match and joining up with Ring Comp finally officially, and they're going to take on JFK. Surely a number, a uh, tag title number one contenders match, I would think. Uh, so hey, there's some there's a push for Fight Muller, uh, not a huge push, but now he's in a in 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 a group that matches his style, and with Valter probably leaving now. Um on a more on a, on a much bigger basis, uh RingConf had has a uh a hole to fill, and I think Fight Muller uh fills it quite well, so that's good. Um and then uh Andy and Alani uh take the piss out of each other before uh, their match against Ilya and Star in the main event. Mm-hmm. So Andy's making old tag team jabs. Uh they used to be called A4. Uh, while Al-Ani says piss off, I'm with Rise. now, he puts the finger up. Um, th- th- this promo between each other led perfectly into their tag match. So the main event uh, was the tempor- Temporary Reunited A4 versus because <laughs> Ilya Dragunov's uh, nickname is Bar, and then you got David Star, so they combined it. Uh, star okay. it's, it's quite cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one, go watch it. I love the continuity of Alani and Andy uh fucking with each other at the beginning, so Ilya and star basically beat the hell out of them. <laughs> so that's continuity of their rivalry from last year. In 2018. Did you remember Andy just kept fucking over Alani. He was the one that turned on him in the tag. Yeah. So they yeah. didn't just forget about it. Uh so uh they <laughs> they kept tricking each other to get the shit kicked out of each other by Star and Ilya for a good good chunk of the beginning and then eventually they started working together out of spite because they were tired of getting beaten up (laughs) so they're like all right fine (laughs) so they reluctantly teamed together um take uh take uh dean ambrose and um drew mcintyre just being on the same team all of a sudden and then they get they just get along because they're two heels now that drives me nuts when they were in a feud for like, what, four months last year? And it's just happened not too long ago? Yeah. Uh, they didn't do that here. Uh, there was continuity. I, I quite like that. It's, it's good touch. Makes you care. Um, so the Back to the Roots looks uh, card looks very strong. Uh, Rise versus Rise is in a cage match, and all the belts are on the line. Tag belt and the shotgun title. So if... Uh, old rise wins they're all new champions okay so that's that's really cool so great great show the best road to shun done, uh, done to date easily the main event was a banger it was I'm, I'm saying this now it was better than anything I would just watched on NXT UK takeover this main event at back to the roots or road to back to the roots that's a little hint for the next podcast episode
1: <laughs> there you go <laughs>
0: So that was WXW. I'm excited for the next pay-per-view event, the first one of 2019. Yeah, a lot
1: of stuff has gone down.
0: So much story. Every match yeah. matters. Every match has uh stakes involved in some way or another. It's really cool stuff. Uh they're doing a really good job to start out the uh the new year. righty. That brings us into Progress, which has a lot less to talk about. <laughs> but it was really it was a really good show. It was their uh chapter 82 unboxing live and what they do here is no wrestlers or matches are announced prior so they're all surprises okay red okay um and this is just basically I'll go down and uh just read it off it, it's it's not a lot to break down other than what it is so um there was a funny opener between Trent Seven defending his uh Atlas title there mid mid um upper mid-card title, I guess, as you can call it, against Los Santos. It was a comedy match. They had finger guns. Funny spot where Trent catches the finger gun and he points it at the crowd and all the crowd duck like the like a, a reverse wave. <laughs> oh, wow. It was really funny. The crowd loved it. Um, Jordan Grace beat Ginny to become the new women's champ. Match was okay, I guess. Uh, Marcel Bartel a.k.a. Axel Dieter Jr. makes his return to progress in like 80 chapters uh, to face Eddie Dennis, but he lost. So I was sad to to see that. Uh, Dennis is clearly being made into the next contender. Uh, On the other end, there was a fun six-way battle with Chris Ridgway coming on top with a lot of stars mixed in that match. Uh, Chris Mm -hmm. Ridgway seems to be the, the, the star in the making on the UK indie scene. Um, Because he even had a good match over in RPW at Cockpit 36 versus MK McKinnon. That's just a little side note. Uh, Aussie Open lose the tag titles to the returning tag team formation of the Swords of Essex. Does that name sound familiar, Rad? Uh, I'm not sure if it does. Do you remember WCPW before they became Defiant and it was uh, Will Ospreay and his little group with B Priestley? Oh, yeah, 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 okay. I remember that. They have reformed now in progress and won the tag belts. Ah, okay. Yeah. Fun, fast-paced match. Heal Osprey's great. Uh, it's a cool story how Robinson was the one that helped Osprey beat Havoc at Chapter 75, and then in Osprey's first match back to progress since then uh, is here, so big pop, big win, continuity. Um, I do wish the stories were told better in progress, you know, quicker little bit more to it like in wxw but hey it's it's simple like a uh, ring of honor to an extent so i guess i can't fault it i would just like to see a little bit more in that uh, but that yeah. match was really good the main event was fucking awesome uh it's one of the best of the year uh even better than a lot of the wrestle kingdom matches it was the it was posted as the end of the era to indie british wrestling as pete dunn faced off against tyler bait and they went t- thirty-four minutes, twelve minutes of comedy style, aka I know you very well routine, which was okay. Yeah, quite. It was quite cool. Like uh, they kept trying each other's moves, and they kept like slipping out of it or not falling for it. And <laughs> that's
1: pretty cool. And yeah. then all of a sudden it gets. Yeah, always do that standstill for the claps.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it gets super serious out of nowhere when Pete Dunne essentially like flips on a dime to to uh, be his bruiser weight. And um, But the, the cool thing was that I Know You Well routine stayed throughout the entire match. Just without the comedy behind it. So like, uh, for example, Tyler Bate kept going for the, uh, what does he call it? The bop and bip? Or the bip and bop? or I don't know. what it, It's where he throws up the right arm in the air. The guy looks up and then he punches him with the other arm. Oh
1: yes, that's right
0: so he kept doing that and then he kept trying to do it and then pete dunn kept just at one point he just straight up punched him in the face (laughs) instead of looking Uh. (laughs) so it was like that uh match was excellent great sequence near the end where after both guys had hit all of their key moves and kicked out of each other's finishers they both tried to hit each other's finisher but it was reversed and then the match ends with uh dunn uh tapping out uh tyler Bate with his um like a uh, arm bar and then breaking the fingers thing that he busted out at uh, at Wembley last year, so um oh, good man. send off for the two end of an era yeah. they won't be uh back in progress for a long, long time so unboxing live excellent good way to end the uh the year and start the year for progress, looking forward to more, but that was progress, red that was the indie scene Whew. good stuff
1: oh, a lot of oh, stuff. Oh. <laughs> You tell me it's gonna be a long episode. Wow, just so many things have been happening. I haven't uh, been able to keep up with all of it.
0: Well, if you look at, if you uh, pay attention to uh, Redley Fretter, Cast Apple, and JD on Twitter, I posted a calendar <laughs> of, of all the shit uh, that I've just it. been watching on weekends and yeah. stuff. It's just no
1: WWE fit in there.
0: Uh, well, it's just the t- just the two takeovers and um, and the Rumble. That's it. Just yeah. anything WWE related is just axed. Not watching it and it's all replaced with indie stuff uh february's looking a lot more doable a lot more shorter i'm very happy with that (laughs) oh boy okay time to finally talk wrestle kingdom and i'm going to uh not play it drop for once we can just go right into it oh boy and you watched wrestle kingdom
1: yes i did i did not watch the whole event because unfortunately uh i (gasps) worked so i couldn't see it live. But I uh, did catch pretty much blasphemous, uh, the, yeah, the main events of the of the show while I was at work. Uh, so yeah, uh, go ahead and take it away, and I'll chime in with the ones I did catch up on.
0: All right, Wrestle Kingdom thirteen, the culmination of a year long story in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, so uh, I want to get your total thoughts on what you saw. Uh, I'll say mine first. A great uh-huh. show overall, despite the undercard matches being cut short. Uh, that was clearly something noticeable Uh, there was clearly a time choice to stick under their set amount of time like they weren't going to go over this mark Uh, to me it was really sad to see matches like Ishii and Zack Sabre Jr. and especially the Ishimori Kushida match only get about 12 minutes each 10 to 12 minutes Uh, but despite that the action was still good it was very solid no complaints there Uh, the Juice Cody match was in my opinion hot shit I didn't like that match at all. Uh, yeah. That was the only negative on the entire show, uh, action-wise. So that's my opinion. How about you on the on the show from what you saw, and what do you got?
1: Sure. Well, uh, overall, I pretty much saw the, uh, I would describe as the three um, uh, main events. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay White versus Okada. That was an incredible match. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't go longer with that one. I, I thought they would definitely... You know, past the uh, magic marker we've described to be 20 minutes or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, what yeah, was it was inside only 15
0: minutes. Yeah, it was 14 minutes.
1: Yeah. But the exchange that they did within the 14 minutes was just incredible. uh ton of reversals. I just love the uh, choreography coming whenever a lot of stuff is always reversed on. It uh, just looks amazing. And uh, I think, originally speaking, uh, you know, obviously we have Kenny Omega have a hard time defeating okada and then suddenly jay white comes in and takes out okada
0: yeah like nobody's sure no big deal right
1: <laughs> yeah it's like no big deal all of a sudden okada isn't the uh, strong guy that kenny omega couldn't defeat uh many matches before mm-hmm. but uh i do say that the uh right guy won here because uh, obviously jay white is the newest member of uh og bullet club uh oh it's just it bullet club look, now <laughs> uh, yeah it's just bullet club now the elite is pretty much gone uh but uh yeah he he definitely looked uh, strong. And uh, I think this solidifies him as a villain to be reckoned with in 2019. Obviously, on the last cast, I think we briefly discussed our uh, thoughts on Jay White moving forward into this year. And I think 2019 is the year of Jay White. So you're going to see a ton of Switchblade on New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, He's going to be successful. And obviously, you're going to hear a lot about him on this uh, uh, Red Leaf Cast. So
0: Jay White, everybody. Yeah, even at New Year's Dash, uh, he stood triumphantly after the tag match over both Okada and Tanahashi. So he's the guy going forward. And um, yeah, definitely, I love his
1: promos too. He he really knows yes. what he's doing. I think he was always meant to be a heel.
0: And it's interesting you point out how long it took Omega to beat Okada. Yeah. Uh, but Okada, this is the this is the way I look at the story being told. Is Okada was top of his game, top of the world, no one could beat him, right? And you know how winning streaks end, and then seemingly, uh, you know, look at it from a sports perspective, team will go on like a 6-28 to game win streak or whatever you have, and then they lose like seemingly 7 in a row. And half of it's meaningless, right? That's how I'm looking at Okada's run. He comes off this major title defense, like um, historic title run, and now he's just seeming. it's almost like he's losing all the time. I know they're not booking him like that constantly, but you know, uh, with Jay White beating him inside the 15 minutes, I think speaks to Okada's still on that losing streak. He's still yeah, not he's the Rainmaker yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he's been on a losing streak, uh, streak as of late. Uh, but having Jay White uh, defeat him uh, really made Jay White look strong on TV, and I think that's oh, what they're yeah. going for. Yeah, they're pushing this guy to the moon this year, so it had to start with uh, taking out um, uh, Okada.
0: Yeah, I mean... The, the push was subtly starting at last year's Wrestle Kingdom with the IC title match against Tanahashi. Jay white wasn't quite at that point. And then uh, had a nice, subtle run, I, I feel, with the US title. And then his G1 run where he beat uh, both Tanahashi and Okada kind of on back-to-back G1 nights. You're just like, whoa, who's this fucking guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And ever since then, they've been... they they See, this is an example of putting the rocket on the guy and not being pussyfoot about it. Because when I was thinking about Jay White, like, compare Jay White's last six months to McIntyre's last six months. Who's better? <laughs> right, there you go. Uh, it's, it, you know, put the rocket on the guy, you put the rocket on the guy. Don't, don't mess around. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. So, Jay White's a good example of that. What else you got, Rad?
1: Yeah, uh, so in the background, while I was working hard, uh, Osprey and Ibushi went at it for the open weight title. Uh, every time I glanced at the TV, oh man, there was just like some sort of spot going on. Uh, <laughs> incredible back to for- uh, back and forth uh, maneuvers between these two guys. Obviously, Kouti Bushi is uh, one of the greatest in the ring uh, today, and Mm -hmm. Will Osprey, make no mistake, uh, is definitely up there as well. So watching these two guys go at it, it was just poetry in motion.
0: Poetry in motion, I like that. Now I must ask the most important question. How many times did you have to step out of work and change your (laughs) pants?
1: Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I guess since I wasn't really viewing, I didn't have to uh, worry about climax. But uh, I can you have to change your
0: pants. <laughs> You're right. The G one climax is later. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Nicely done. But uh, uh, but
1: yeah, I mean, it was definitely good stuff. And I'm pretty sure a lot of fans were just watching it and they were just in awe with what these guys were pulling out of their sleeve. They
0: they were doing things I've never seen before, and they didn't let up. It was it was it was exactly what i wanted out of these two um i love the i particularly love the spot where ibushi was uh upside down in the tree tree woe in the corner and osprey osprey indian style sits in front of him and starts (laughs) slapping him and then ibushi's upside down slapping him back
1: yeah
0: and before he can you know totally fight back osprey just starts kicking him in the face that's where ibushi uh got his concussion and um so that that's that's misunderstood i'm seeing uh a lot of reports coming out that it was actually the the back elbow that got but him it was
1: actually from that segment it was
0: it was a, it was actually from the kicking uh of ibushi's head in the tree of woe
1: yeah i heard something about the elbow but i guess that was the that was actually the or that wasn't the case it was this one
0: yeah the, I, the idea was yeah the idea was uh osprey hits the assassin elbow or the or the blade or whatever they're mm-hmm. calling it and um the the kayfabe was supposed to be he knocked him out, and uh, that's what the stretcher job was. That was always going to happen. Uh, but but he did actually get a concussion earlier in the match. So pretty pretty cool. It was it was such a good match. It's it, it's good. They've they've brought rele- in just a single month. They brought relevance to the open weight title again, which is nice yeah, to see.
1: Yeah, definitely. And who better it than these two guys?
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. They're they're high flying junior junior guys with uh with the weight and height of of uh heavyweights that's pretty cool um i want an i want an osprey shingo match down the line myself badly oh that'd
1: be nice to see
0: badly Uh, what else you got uh next up we had the uh uh second
1: to the last uh, match uh, the double main event, if you will. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, uh, Naito going up against Chris Jericho for their uh, promotions Intercontinental Championship, and holy crap, what a match! That was uh, really good stuff. It broke that twenty-minute magic mark.
0: Yes, it did. Uh, towards the
1: end, these two uh, guys really had the uh, the crowd and the viewers watching around the world in the palm of their hand. Uh, incredible performance from from the two, and as per who won. Uh, here. Naito finally beat Chris Jericho for the championship. Again, I think I agree with that move. The right man won. Naito uh, deserved it and uh, the story and the build-up to this match all year just incredible stuff. Uh, You know, this was pretty much the end of all of that. So, really cool to see and I'm happy that Naito is the uh, intercontinental uh, champion for New Japan Pro Wrestling.
0: Yeah, I think it was a good mix of Western meets New Japan style wrestling. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, very unique. That's what
1: essentially uh, it was. So yeah,
0: very unique. Jericho's still awesome in the ring, despite being 50 years old. Man, nah, he can go. <laughs> he can still go yeah. as long as he changes his style. He doesn't try to keep doing the same thing that he know his body can't do anymore. Which is yeah. which a lot. You know, let's be honest. A lot of guys just can't handle that. You know, they can't accept change, even within themselves. Uh, and Naito's very good at taking bumps and making them look look great and then coming back at right times he just gets flow of matches naito does oh yeah he's yeah, so definitely. good at that
1: man and those spots that they did outside onto the table into the crowd it was just a uh, really cool stuff
0: yeah yeah so um naito got it uh i hope to see more of jericho in new japan he's on record saying he wants to work with okada and tanahashi down the line so oh, oh my awesome. god jericho for the iwgp title against tanahashi yes. oh my god i think That'd i just came I, I think i just have to change my pants <laughs> just thinking, thinking about, about it
1: yeah <laughs> oh yeah definitely i i think uh you know as, as with AEW and new Iran japan uh granted he might be a little bit more part-time to new japan but hell yeah man i was definitely have to see a uh jericho versus tanahashi match uh and, and whatnot i, I think uh, there's so much room for that and that's a headlining pay-per-view right there
0: Yeah. And then speaking of Tanahashi, Tanahashi and Omega in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. Yes. The IWGP title. What'd you think of this 39-minute epic?
1: Incredible match. Uh, From what I saw, it was definitely my match of the night. Granted, it always does go to Kenny Omega. Uh, Man, whether they hit the 20, 30, going into 39 minutes for this match, they had the crowd and viewers watching around the world, as I mentioned before, Mm -hmm. uh, in the palm of their hand uh I was just glued to the t v screen everything they pulled off was just incredible uh oh man just and and you know uh getting the uh the the Terminator uh thing going on with kenny omega still brings goosebumps and <laughs> uh awesome stuff and just knowing that that was his last time in new japan that's uh that's crazy to think about, but obviously he's on to different things now but uh yeah, as, as per for the match itself, awesome stuff uh I'm a kenny omega fan as you are j d yep uh Tanahashi obviously is a veteran for new Japan he's essentially their biggest star uh the John Cena if you will for that promotion
0: yeah but people actually Uh, like watching him in the main event
1: (laughs) yes that's the difference uh everybody loves his air guitar uh you know actually oh my god that
0: was so good Uh, at the end
1: yes so uh before we get into that the end result Tanahashi beats Kenny Omega for the IWGP championship in an incredible match and I think the right man won here. Uh, Granted, just from the matches that I've mentioned, uh, obviously a lot of uh, New Japan uh, veterans and originals, so to speak, uh, have been winning the championships. And it seems as if now everybody's been saying and talking, describing it to be a new era for New Japan, where now a lot of their homegrown talent Actually, becoming the uh, champions again. Right. Uh, you know, de- definitely a different era. Uh, no more Gaijin from, you know, whether it be the Elite or Bullet
0: Club at this point. Right.
1: Uh, you know, I don't know maybe if Jay White is considered that, but either oh, way. Jay
0: White's uh, 100% a homegrown talent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. That's why I'm saying, I mean, I know he's not from Japan, but uh, he's definitely that's pretty much where, where he's had his exposure. So he's a new Japan original, uh, either way, Tanahashi winning the championship, I thought was the right move. Uh, uh, you know, his speech at the end doing the air guitar, man, it was just so cool to see. And, uh, I I was a happy watching.
0: Yeah. Very uh, emotional to see, uh, Tanahashi, uh, back on top. It was a good, it was one of the best.
1: Finally won the big one again.
0: It was the best redemption story. I can remember seeing, um, this match was one of the best Wrestle Kingdom matches I've ever seen Yeah, Uh, a couple spots stood out to me was the high fly flow through the table to the outside Um, and that played into the story of Tanahashi hates Omega's style being too showmanship uh, all about pleasing the crowd rather than trying to win Uh, Tanahashi kind of giving into that thinking he needed to do this crazy spot to put Omega down it cost him you know at least for that part of the match uh, and I really liked Omega's last second knees, knee block uh, of the high fly flow near the end of the match. You know where it's like Tanahashi goes up, he goes for the high fly flow, the frog splash, if you will, and um, it's basically he's going to hit it, and then at the last split second, Omega's knees come up. Because you usually see guys as soon as the guy jumps, they put their knees up and you're like, oh. Now this was just last split. It was it was. I, it was great timing, speaks to Omega's ability in the ring. Tanahashi's trusting the guy. Tanahashi as a vet, is he never disappoints. This match could not be bad. It was impossible with these two guys.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, no, they're, they're, they're very impossible. You have yeah. two of the best going at in the main event at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, that's not going to happen.
0: So great stuff there. Uh, the other story of the night was all the titles changed hands, which was interesting um all of LIJ won their matches so they got a clean sweep and then Ishimori beat Kushida so uh we're getting a match at uh new beginnings near the end of the month of which is Kush-
1: supposed to be the final Showdown, right? Or the final match for Kushida.
0: Yeah, he's facing off against Tanahashi the first time in their careers. They're facing each other in a one-on-one match. So I'm vastly looking forward to that. That yeah. was that I was one hell of a farewell. One hell of a farewell for Kushida, the face of the New Japan Junior Division, the last what decade. Um so that's cool. Uh with LIJ winning all their stuff, they look like a strong group again. But then at New Year's Dash, Suzuki Gun decimated them so that was the big story there yeah with, so and with that we have zack saber jr and minoru suzuki tagging gunning for the tag titles so that's going to be an amazing uh match against evil and sonata going down the line but then we have on the other end of the spectrum taichi going for the intercontinental title
1: <laughs> yeah i saw that the big challenge there
0: oh no uh i don't know what mind they're in to have Taichi in the main event, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, they had one good match last year, but the other one was quite bad. <laughs> so, between Taichi and Naito. Yeah, maybe
1: they're just trying to uh, uh, do something new again. Obviously, they just had a major ding to their uh, roster and cards. Yeah. If you will. So, I think they're probably trying to play their cards right where they're bringing in, uh, you know, whether it be new talent or already established talent, but people we haven't seen at that, you know, level of the card.
0: At that point, yeah. Um, yeah. I I don't for one second think Taichi's gonna win. If he does, that's really stupid booking. <laughs> uh, yeah, no,
1: I don't think so either. I, I think they they just need to give up to uh, Naito and and before he has another big one, obviously he needs to have some uh, uh, title defenses under his right. belt. Yeah, so I think that's I the, think this,
0: this. I think I'm with fun. you on that. That's the idea yeah. there. Uh, Naito did cut a funny promo post and he and he goes, "I hate this title, but the title must love me because he keeps coming back." <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's hilarious yeah so um that's funny uh suzuki Goon against lij i mean we saw him a billion times last year but this year they seem to be uh having enough of this shit and going for it going for it and then a uh, good guy tamatanga is a thing and oh I,
1: man yeah it's hilarious stuff
0: fucking love it i like it new man <laughs> n- no wait new year new man uh um, yeah, old, old, old habit with, like <laughs>
1: you know that uh that fake smile high fiving everybody it's like, it's
0: hilarious though uh no Rad, he's serious he he's is really serious. trying <laughs> you can't break old habits just like that it's t- it's tough to do Rad. you got to believe in Tamatanga i mean he forgave uh he uh, or chase owens and Yujiro forgave Tamatanga so i think there it's time go. we forgive him too he's a good guy gotta now
1: forgive him too <laughs> good guy tomatanga
0: yeah so that was wrestle kingdom uh new begin. they had, yeah. they announced a lot of uh cool things going forward in the new year with um the g1 the first night of the g1 being in what san francisco or something or no no it's at the american yeah. airlines arena in dallas that's where it is
1: uh, uh oh no way in dallas yeah holy shit i didn't know
0: that yeah, the the first night of the G One's in Dallas, so uh, oh, red. I mean, it's uh, still a
1: long drive for me, but it's in my home state. I gotta make an effort, but yeah, those things are probably gonna sell out like in fifteen minutes.
0: Yeah, you should uh, you should get on that. Uh, yeah. Two two Wrestle Kingdom shows next year in twenty twenty twenty. That's a lot of twos, I just Said all right.
1: Yeah, <laughs> either way, they they've lost most of of you know the uh, the elites. It looks like if they're still trying to branch out into the North American audience, and I think that's great
0: yeah it's very good they're expanding the product the u.s expansion was something we we spoke about uh on the cast in 2018 I mean, we yeah. can see it happening with the u.s title what the idea was and um it seems like a success and they're they're going for it in 2019 uh i hope it do i hope it does well um i expect ring of honor talents in 2019 to make a, a more appearances maybe some pushes um, with the talent lost, with uh, the elite Ibushi most likely as well, Omega leaving, Kushida's gone. So, uh, and this is an opportunity for their young lions to uh, the three of them that they want to push uh, mm-hmm. up to the card now, like uh, Shota Amino, um, Ren Narita, those guys. Yeah, so cool stuff. That was uh, Russell Kingdom, and uh, before
1: a start to the new year for them.
0: Hell of a start. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom was really good. I was entertained. Uh, But again, I I thought the undercard matches were too short. That's my only complaint. (laughs) (laughs) Not bad to have, I would say. So I'm going to play one last drop. And we can get on to our WCW. Hi. Hey, do you like wrestling? Whether it be in a bar, an arena, some weird place in Asia, or in a stadium. Or the occasional penis plex. Well, if any of these things might tickle your fancy anywhere in between from penises to wrestling, you can come and check out our podcast. Our podcast name is Smack It Down. We talk all things WWE, New Japan, anything else in between. I'm Jay Silver. I'm Corey Gold. And we look forward to you joining us. Happy Rusev Day. Happy Rusev Day indeed. Okay, so before we get into WCW, I have a five star review to read, Rad. Very cool. That? Shoot. As I pull it up here, here it be. Uh, only appropriate that the first one we read is from the viva shout jd our, hey, our shout favorite out to him. our favorite australian from the smack it down podcast yeah uh, five stars if it's anime wrestling or gaming this podcast has you beat there is nothing quite like it on the internet the hosts and guests have so much chemistry that i'm honestly surprised this podcast is not in the upper tier of review casts so whether it's retro or modern gaming or anime this show has you covered Thank you, you Viva JD. That guy's a guy's a stud. He's very attractive. <laughs> go hit him up on Tinder.
1: <laughs> there you go. Does he actually have a profile?
0: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. If you want to leave an iTunes or Stitcher review, head on over Redleaf Retrocast. You will be you will have your review read and a shout out on the cast. And best of all, you will be entered into our ongoing contests. And this one is for a couple of pops and zone casts. We'll ship it worldwide. So hooray to that. Alrighty. So Rad, we've watched enough episodes of WCW Thunder where we're finally at this so-called pay-per-view named Spring Stampede.
1: Yes, 1998.
0: What is this thing? Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Spring
1: Stampede is supposed to be WCW's big spring pay-per-view. Uh, took place every April. This one took place on April 19th, 1998 and hailed live from Denver, Colorado. So the uh, big story going off here is still uh, NWO is fine way before Bullet Club was doing it. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage was going up for the championship against Sting uh, to the dismay of Hollywood Hogan. Uh, Now the match suddenly turned into a no DQ. So that was a a pretty surprising uh, stipulation, but it only meant that shenanigans were going to happen. So we'll uh, go ahead and definitely touch base on that topic once we get (laughs) there to the main event. Macho Man Randy Savage staying for the World Championship. So our night starts off with the uh, boring air siren of Saturn. I know you're not a big fan of that, JD. (laughs) Making his way to the ring to face none other than Goldberg, who is currently 73-0. and 0. The undefeated streak is still a big thing going on with them uh, right now. And, uh, you know, the the next opponent, obviously, was Saturn. Uh, Goldberg had already had some run-ins with the flock, so here he is against Saturn. I will say that uh, watching this match, although it may have been a bit sloppy in some parts, mm-hmm. oh, sure. uh, possibly more coming from a Saturn's end,
0: yeah, surprising, uh, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm a Goldberg, uh, Mark. I was a fan of his ever since uh, day one. So either way, this was the first match that uh, actually went longer than just a minute. You know, most of the matches up until then were just Goldberg hits the ring, you know, Spear, Jackhammer, one, two, three. And Saturn actually gave him a run for his money. And this was actually talked about by the commentators as well.
0: Oh, the yeah, they were, they were clocking went, it, too.
1: Yeah, that, that went longer than ever expected to a decent eight minutes. Um, Somehow Saturn pulled it off, but uh, hey, you know, so it was just a typical back and forth big man type of match. Uh, obviously, there was some botches, uh, you know, here and there, uh, but the big thing uh, coming out of this was, you know, uh, Goldberg was still defending his streak, and he had to uh, uh, pretty much uh, fight off the the flock, you know, so there was a sweet spear to uh, Billy Kidman, and lastly, a six-strength reversal of the Rings of Saturn, standing into a jackhammer, uh, obviously, the crowd was into it. Uh, viewers watching at home. Yeah, I went crazy I for it, that spot. I was like, "We into it!" So, <laughs> yeah, definitely on the edge of our. So uh, Goldberg pretty much after the match uh, looks into the camera and he says, "Who's next?" First time we ever heard it. So this is where it begins.
0: Yeah, I wasn't sure, but um, I mean, we've been watching Thunder since uh, since episode one, and we've seen a couple pay-per-views now, and uh, I can't remember ever hearing Goldberg actually say who's next.
1: And it's funny you mentioned that because I think that wasn't actually coined by uh, a catchphrase that was meant to be, but more of signs in the audience and the commentators. Obviously, the streak was a big thing, so the question just came out to be who's next, and I think Goldberg finally embraced that and now said it to the camera, and that became his official catchphrase uh, moving forward in 1998.
0: Yeah, it was cool. Uh, yeah. So, um, it, there there was a couple spots besides the uh, reverse rings of Saturn one. There was the um, the the Saturn mid mid rope springboard botch to the outside oh, where yeah. yeah he essentially slips and then lands kind of on his head. Uh, that looks pretty nasty. But then there was an awesome mid rope press slam by Goldberg to uh, Saturn, which was just this like feat of strength that just looked so cool yeah it did yeah that that was this awesome where
1: he yeah he he really looked strong and intimidating and in the-
0: yeah uh i do want to mention that the uh that the arena and stage design this old western ranch set looked really cool i quite liked it It was very <laughs> unique
1: yeah although it was a spring themed pay-per-view it always had like a western ranch set for some reason <laughs> even their their uh commercials promoting the pay-per-view always had you know like uh like cowboys fighting in a bar, right. the retro girls were dressed as cowgirls, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> so funny.
0: Uh, I think yeah. that's,
1: that might have started maybe something having to do with the uh, the Four Horsemen, because I know they were always coming out of the oh, yeah, spring. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking that's why they got that Western Ranch uh, gimmick for the pay-per-view. But nonetheless, it was always meant to be a, uh, a spring uh, pay-per-view uh you know just stampede at it to the mix
0: yeah the the, the wagons the wooden railings yeah. the, the the bowl or whatever it was um <laughs> the the bar the old western barn entrance yeah way where they'd open the door yeah it was, it was cool yeah
1: wrestling in the south you gotta love it
0: <laughs> or in colorado <laughs> in this case so
1: yeah so uh moving on over to uh we had a is uh chavo guerrero who was accompanied to the ring with uh his his uncle eddie guerrero in his corner uh what i thought was funny is that he he made uh chavo wear his shirt which said uh eddie guerrero is my favorite wrestler or yeah fucking like that.
0: funny <laughs> yeah
1: and <laughs> in the back is this cheat to win who obviously chavo was not a fan of because he was the face in this whole feud right. and Eddie Guerrero was pretty much forcing him to do things his way so that was the uh, big story leading up into this so You pretty much had your typical uh, cruiserweight match between Chavo and Ultimo Degron, two amazing uh, performers. Uh, But again, Eddie Guerrero was the the, the flagship here, uh, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So the whole story was him trying to force Chavo to do things take advantage of certain spots. There was moments where, uh, you know, uh, Ultimo Dragon was was open to a uh, uh, cheating win and Chavo would stop in his tracks and, you know, either help him up or not go for it and Eddie Guerrero was just yelling at him, go for it, you know, this is your chance, you got to do it, you know, cheat to win and Chavo was just not having any of it. So ultimately it led to Chavo Guerrero uh, losing and Eddie Guerrero was just pretty much uh, pissed about it and chavo saying i don't cheat to win i don't cheat to win i think eddie Guerrero will give him a couple of slaps after after this whole thing uh good stuff i don't know if you want to go ahead and talk a little bit about the match uh, you know, uh the yeah itself
0: yeah it was a n- nice simple ongoing story here uh good technical high flying good mixture of the two nice amount of time i quite enjoyed it I thought uh, the good spot of when Chavo accidentally uh, drop kicks Ultimo dragon in the balls as he was flying. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And that's what led to Eddie losing his freaking mind uh, outside on the (laughs) outside the ring. He's like, Chavo, this is your chance. Do it. No, Eddie. Fucking do it. Yeah. Uh, And even at the beginning of the match, when Eddie was putting the towel over his head, turning his back, he's shaking his like, I'm too embarrassed to even look at this guy (laughs) kind of deal. (laughs) Yeah, he's not a true Guerrero. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's he's lame. He loses all the time. He needs to <laughs> embrace me, or he won't win. And uh, yeah, cool stuff. Ultimate Dragon looks looks good. Uh, story told. I liked it. It was funny.
1: Yeah, yeah, this was good. good stuff. Uh, you know, one one of the many things that that was uh good that coming out of the uh cruiserweight division. You know, it's not hard to put in a story there. You know.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah you just let him go at it, and then just put in something real simple like this. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, it definitely keeps the fans engaged, and everybody and remembers that little feud between Eddie and Chavo, which ultimately led to Chavo going nuts and bringing some stick horse named uh, Pepe and all that later on in the <laughs> year. So, uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff.
0: And uh, then they repeated yeah. it in WWE many times.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that was pretty much the cruiserweight match. Uh, uh, you know, then we uh, cut over to uh, Mike Taney spending all day on the internet. Then they cut over to DDP who was at the WCW internet booth. I remember that very much. So I think WCW was even doing a, a podcast before it was even a thing. You know, they used to they talk were. about it, you know, yeah, they, they had a, I think if you logged on to WCW.com, you know, you were able to like read and listen to like the entire uh, interview, whoever it was that they were talking to. This was a really cool way of utilizing the internet to build up, uh, you know, promos, stories and all of that. Yeah.
0: Way then, ahead of their time.
1: Way ahead of their time. And it's funny. I, for some reason DDP was like the face of that WCW internet booth because every time i saw that little segment it was always diamond Dallas page getting interviewed so yeah uh, him and
0: raven because raven, raven would just spout yes, i raven remember i adult. remember those things with raven just spouting off nonsense all the time
1: yeah uh, <laughs> raven uh, chris jericho did it a lot as well It was usually like the same recurring guys. So
0: it's funny uh, because Jericho, both Jericho and Raven have podcasts nowadays. They're still going strong at that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I just stayed with them. (laughs) Like yeah, back in the WCW days when the internet. So uh, so yeah, (laughs) so then uh, we have a match uh, for the TV title between Crispin, Juan, Booker T, Uh, two awesome performers, uh, wrestling legends, going at it at Springs MP ninety eight, for the TV title to a no time limit. However, keep in mind that they had a uh, uh, two-time limit uh, draws on Nitro, so I'm guessing the whole point was just to make sure that there was a a winner here. Yeah, uh, so,
0: uh, so um, I think it was Mike Taney. Uh, no, it was Tony Schiavone. He goes. Uh, he made it adamant that the TV title um, is always defended, you know, on TV, but the matches have ten-minute time limits. So. Uh, the way this was booked was Benoit and Booker T were were so even with each other, there wasn't enough time to finish the match between the two. So that was the story going in here.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Well, good stuff either way. Uh, you know, you had uh, uh, some back and forth action, Booker T tapping out, simply missing, uh, reaching the uh, the ropes from Chris Benoit. So Benoit pulls the referee up, and uh, Booker T does the Harlem sidekick over the ref, hitting Benoit and pinned him forward.
0: Yeah, so there was that little there was that little spot near the end where Benoit pulls the ref to taking the scissor kick. And uh that was Try. a little controversy on here. So, um yeah. there was there was a little mis happening when the ref was down where Booker T was reaching for the ropes, but did he tap out or did he just miss the ropes? That was the uh the controversy surrounding sure. this match. So, but the the the, the end was cool where Booker T did hit the Harlem sidekick, jumping over the ref and into Benoit. That was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, it definitely was.
0: Yeah, 14 minutes. Not bad. It got, it got, it got a good amount of time, and it deserved it. Yeah, good amount of time for the TV championship. Now, this next match, so, uh, yeah. this was this was funny. <laughs> so it was British Bulldog versus uh, NWO member Kurt Hennig uh, yep. with both their managers, aka Bulldog with Neidhart, and... Uh, kurt hennig had rick rude as per the usual and in this case because rick rude had been handcuffing people lately uh as we saw on thunder in our previous episode <laughs> uh the stipulation in this were both managers were handcuffed together <laughs> yeah it's hilarious yeah so then uh so the match goes on for seemingly only a couple minutes it was business as usual but then all of a sudden neidhardt just attacks a random cop for seemingly no reason uh the camera work is very interesting because you just you couldn't tell who the cop was or why nightheart was attacking this cop because it was trying to they were playing it off like with the camera that they were trying to keep the uh camera on the action in the ring but this thing going on outside the ring was also interesting so they kept going back and forth but missing both things and it played into everyone being confused including the audience i think that was on purpose so as Nightheart is busy choking out the cop, Rude somehow unlocks the cuffs. He was handed a key somehow, I guess from the cop, right? That's what you assume, or he stole the keys from the cop. That was the other assumption. It was one of the two. Uh so Rude unlocks the cuffs. He cuffs Nightheart to essentially the ring post uh the where the turnbuckle and the the ring post meet. <laughs> and so by distraction then hennig wins quickly quickly and then that leads to a massive post match beatdown crowd heavily hates it lots of heat uh and then right at the end of the beatdown it was revealed that the cop that got the shit kicked out of him by nightheart was vincent all along it was officer vincent rad and he had handed <laughs> the keys to rude they just happened to find another camera that had a better angle of it all yeah <laughs> I laughed my ass off when when uh I think it was um Bobby Heenan just shouts really hard. It was Officer Vincent all along. Tene <laughs> So exaggerated. Oh, heavily. Um garbage match but super f- I I was entertained. I think that was the point. <laughs> because it wasn't a match it was just all about handcuffing people
1: (laughs) yeah that's what it was it was the story in itself Uh,
0: so moving on
1: (laughs) so uh moving on we have prince ikea going up against chris jericho for the uh, cruiserweight championship um you know pretty much a a real good uh, straightforward match uh went on for 10 minutes Definitely a mimic of something from what we see today. So obviously a lot of the cruiserweights at the time were ahead of their time. Uh, A lot of good spots, good wrestling between the two, near falls. And obviously Jericho, who was always a master at his character work, Mm -hmm. very solid. So uh, nothing much to say here other than that it was a solid uh, cruiserweight performance.
0: Yep, Jericho wins. Oh, Jericho wins. There you go so then we
1: have uh scott steiner and buff bagwell except uh buff comes out with a hand injury oh, so boy <laughs> the match is supposed to uh, be canceled but jj Dillon gets to the ring with a doctor and buff blows i love jj dylan so the match is on so do i he was always uh always a class act and and uh whether he was a good guy or a bad guy he always had the four horsemen in him so yeah jj Dillon was an awesome guy Uh, So yeah, the match is on. Uh, Luger and Rick Steiner rush to the ring and we actually got a fight. So it's a basic uh, heel takeover style tag team match here until finally Lex Luger gets the hot tag of his uh, clotheslines. You know the bionic forearm. Yeah. Rick Steiner cuts off Scott Steiner. They stare, and Scott bolts out of the ring to the back. Uh, yeah, he's not—he's not afraid of his brother one bit. So uh, pretty good stuff here. <laughs> so uh,
0: yeah, no, the, yeah. The, Scott the... Scott's totally wanting to fight his brother. He wants <laughs> yeah. like I, it man, was a sprint, man.
1: God, uh, just uh, a whole year of uh, of buildup, and he was always trying to uh, get his way out of out of these matches against uh, Rick Steiner. So. Well,
0: so far it's so good, Red yeah so far
1: uh yeah definitely it was uh, so far so good uh good build up uh, there with the steiners and obviously the uh, crowd pops hard for lex luger super hard the torture rack win i was a mark for the torture rack i know you're not much of a fan of lex luger but he was a big deal in 1990 so that was really cool to see
0: Mm. well we're not hopping on the lex express i suppose
1: (laughs) no we're not
0: (laughs) not much for praise there if we're comparing it to that but uh I mean the hand injury angle was was pretty funny I will admit. Uh JJ Dillon gets the doctor out. Um the acting yeah, Buff
1: was already just like per, like uh, pretending all kinds of injuries now. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. the the acting <laughs> was very cringy terrible but it was funny in its own way because of how yeah, bad it was. I think
1: that was what it was meant to be because obviously uh Buff Bagwell was supposed to be playing the role of a liar so I think that was the whole point.
0: Yeah. I mean uh, we mentioned this earlier with uh Jern Simmons and WXW pulling off the he's still sick scene yeah and getting out of the match it was very much uh reminiscent of this when i when i was watching uh the wxw thing i'm like oh okay this is kind of like buff bagwell deal on yep. spring stampede <laughs> uh except the heels got one over <laughs> not in that case Alrighty. Uh, You want to go and take this one,
1: J.D.? I know you're a fan of the chairman of WCW.
0: Oh, I am. Bonus luchador match. Something that wasn't announced on the card. Uh, So I mentioned earlier with um, the kind of the makeshift singles matches. If they're trying to start a story, they shouldn't be on pay-per-views. Well, in this case, uh, it kind of matched that sentiment. Because LaParka had been interfering with psychosis and causing him issues. So there was a story going on, but they kind of just threw it in here. Um, Leparka had his sick gold skeleton gear, which we mentioned earlier with uh, MLW. So uh, he's much <laughs> yeah. skinnier in this in this match.
1: <laughs> and I want to say they had uh, that gold one, or at least you can create it in uh, WCW Revenge. I used to <laughs> love around that costume work. But anyways, yeah, yeah, uh, go yeah. ahead.
0: So this was your 10-minute kind of in-between style match. Uh, it was fun lucha action. Um, some botches, but not bad. It's, it's, it's luchador wrestling, so you can mm-hmm. expect a botch or two. They're just tr- trying too much too fast. Um, the crowd didn't care, though. So this is... Screwy setup for Psychosis is is, is guillotine uh, leg drop, uh, but he wins. Fine. I mean, we could move on. Uh, I wish this match wasn't on the card. I mean, I still enjoyed the match as a match, uh-huh. but I felt like there's still more story to tell. And this was just kind of eating up time, which could have gone to other things.
1: Yeah, it, definitely a, a filler here, but uh, as you mentioned before, a lot of that stuff may have been answered on another episode of Thunder, or even WCW Saturday Night.
0: Well, it definitely wasn't answered on Thunder, because we would have caught it, but the story uh, going on with LaParka and uh, Psychosis was seemingly just kind of getting started. So this was, this was just a makeshift kind of throw-in sure. filler match, so yeah, I don't think it should have been on the card. They could have had they could have had the go home angle on a on a thunder oh, no. or nitro or all something, the other but
1: the big contract guys who had a, a creative control, I'm pretty sure, didn't want to go longer than five minutes. So yeah, they needed fillers.
0: Right. Yeah. There's <laughs> there's a there's a lot more to it than yeah, that. But... I use that
1: with sarcasm, you know. Yeah. Even though I'm a fan of all those guys, but yeah, they they were getting very paid, uh, paid very well to pretty much do nothing. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, where does that take us after the luchador match? Okay, so Parker uh, loses uh, again, I have to add. God damn. Yeah. It. <laughs> he never he wins. <laughs> yeah, you know,
1: losing streak, but highly entertaining and always stood out from the cruiserweight. Yes. So. yes. So moving on over, it's uh bat match time. So <laughs> that's right. This is a bat match. So the whole idea is that uh bat is pretty, mung, uh, pretty much hung on a pole. Uh you know, the person i guess can go ahead and get it and use it to their advantage and that's the person who wins the uh, match so in this match you have both hogan and kevin ash coming out separately two guys from the same organization the new world coming out separately but nwo is fine and then uh, they're gonna go up against <laughs> it's fine uh, right <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna go up against rowdy Roddy piper and the giant so uh, piper in good shape looking very good in, in 98 uh, uh we must say uh, jd i totally agree with yeah. that i, I I think he looked really cool uh, during this time. Um, pretty crazy how small Piper was in comparison to the other three guys in the match. Obviously, Piper wasn't uh, working out, hitting the weights. Uh, not as big as he was back in the '80s. I'm not sure if he was part of the whole steroid scandal, but he did look bigger back during his yeah. WWF days. Uh, obviously, here in WCW, you actually looked just like an average guy, somebody that you can, you know, who can be your dad or the guy next door. Uh, I did notice that. So uh, moving on over, so the match was fine and went on like a, you know, pretty much uh, uh, a WCW tag match would at the time. Uh, Piper had the crowd every time as he
0: always God, did. he was Everybody so Piper. good at playing uh, the crowd. Yeah,
1: he knew how to work the crowd, everything he did, the anticipation of, uh, you know, just removing his jacket would get the crowd going. So he really knew how to work it.
0: Um, what a character! No, like this was character. just even you know, like we, when we uh, when we talked on Thunder uh, for the last episode, where he cut a promo on Giant's shoulders and then Mike drops it in '98. I was like, "Oh my yes. god! Like how was this guy not world champion?"
1: <laughs> I agree, man. I mean, even, and it,
0: even at that age, it's like he just knew. Was- man, like I, that, he was just so over works the crowd. the way he would have his in-ring psychology play into whatever match stipulation there was like, this is a fucking bat match on a pole we're talking about and the crowd's into it, the crowd's into it. I'm into Piper. I don't give a shit about giant as most people kind of (laughs) didn't either, but they just liked him coming out being big, but man, I adored Piper in this match. And I was quite curious to what the angle of, um, nash and hogan were going to be you know i i said my my memory is phasey of of this era sure. it's been so long i do remember what happens i just don't know when everything happens so i'm like waiting for all this stuff to go down i just <laughs> yeah. don't remember when it does It'll and connect
1: eventually as down. yeah because a, yeah, a lot of this stuff is actually going longer than i actually thought but the time frame from when everything went down with the whole wolf pack thing going on uh yeah definitely makes sense
0: yeah so i'm just like when's this fucking wolf pack thing on they keep hinting it it's <laughs> yeah, hinted it's like hinted hinted and
1: counting you know <laughs> i mean every episode we've been doing thunder and it's like just not quite there yet but uh definitely it's building up to that so it's good stuff
0: yeah we're four but, uh, we're four months in into uh yeah. thunder the, the so
1: pack is still uh, hasn't officially kicked off yet
0: the bad boys are but, wrestling uh, aren't coming yet
1: <laughs> not yet <laughs> So uh, pretty much uh, uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper gets the bat eventually. Then uh, Hulk Hogan throws it to the side, the Disciple. Oh, yeah, this is where the match kind of lost me. (laughs) Yeah, comes out with a bat of his own. Uh, Obviously, NWO shenanigans. Hulk Hogan accidentally hits Kevin Nash with the
0: bat. And then I was brought back in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's brought back in. So after a little more shenanigans, NWO finally wins. But uh, Kevin Nash is pretty much pissed off. uh uh, granted for good reason again going into this match separately there was a lot of hostility between the two there so post-match hulk hogan hits kevin nash with the bat and there's that so nwo is fine guys
0: yeah i had no memory of hogan hitting nash with the bat zero
1: yeah i i didn't but only because i didn't see this pay-per-view live and by the time Uh. i saw i only saw the uh match uh between sting and macho man i think uh on a videotape later on. So okay. I kind of didn't remember that either.
0: Yeah. That was very interesting. I'm like, okay, Nash is that would mad. A good he's going to segment. Yeah. I was like, okay, Matt Nash is mad. He's going to be pissed. He's going to like tease hitting him with the bat and then probably something on nitro or something. And then Hogan sure. just straights up hits him and he's ah, ha, ha, ha. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay shuffling my hands together i can't wait to watch nitro now and that's kind of the fucking point of wrestling right there you go <laughs> you want to watch the next the next show
1: yeah find all out right. what happens
0: yeah we all so, do uh, <laughs> uh next up,
1: i'm gonna let you talk about the next one because i know it's uh it's your boy diamond dallas page
0: oh it's it's people's champion man it's the yep. u.s titles title match of uh champ ddp under Raven's rules against Raven, whom has stolen the United States title belt, in which we saw <laughs> yeah. it happen on MTV Live.
1: <laughs> Freaking Raven. <laughs> Had to do it on MTV.
0: <laughs> uh, and the stipulation is the winner shall f- also face Goldberg on Nitro the very next night. Okay. Oh boy. So um, this match used the entire Spring Stampede stage, all the props, everything, uh, getting hit into the wagon, being thrown into the uh, wooden barriers—I mean, everything. Uh, hell, Sick Boy even gave Raven the kitchen sink to use at one point. So being super <laughs> yeah. corny, oh, I kind of popped for that. That was
1: Raven's rolls for.
0: Yeah. Um, what's funny is just last year in EC or ECW, ICW, uh, there was a whole like year-long segment used uh with a a guy using a kitchen sink and what have you all culminating at their fear and loathing pay-per-view this was this just happened like a couple months ago so pretty cool they definitely got it from something from wcw days so ddp tries to fight off the flock until an unknown dude cracks ddp upside the head uh so even flow ddt raven wins now he gets to face goldberg on nitro well, I know where this comes. I remember this nitro very vividly. The very next night, so but I don't remember yeah. the thunder after that nitro. So that's gonna be I'm fun to for the next yeah. cat. Zero crowd reaction from Raven winning. Oh yeah, wow! Well. I guess
1: they could have cared less. They, yeah, uh, I'm we, every the fans already wanted DDP versus Goldberg, but I'm glad the buildup didn't take place until Halloween Havoc later that year. Yes, yes, I agree. Match. I agree. I, by that time, Goldberg was already at a level where he was, uh, you know, world champion, one of the best. Here, they were still building him up. So, to face somebody like DDP, uh, Goldberg needed some time. Yeah, but it, I would, think have, it, it
0: would have, sure, it would have elevated Goldberg even faster, but a slow, a slow building story uh, always does wonders for characters. And yeah. if Goldberg would have just gotten a win over DDP, uh, it would have just hurt DDP in the end, make him look weak, uh, in my opinion. Um we know what's gonna happen on nitro goldberg is gonna beat the shit out of raven and win that u.s title and then yep. we know the the rest is history but um poor raven was the fall guy but everyone hated him <laughs> anyways uh he had a good yeah. character it was it was super fun uh, hey i enjoyed this i enjoyed the hell out of this match to be honest yeah so
1: did i i remember it vividly as well
0: what's our onto our main event man coming to the, the end event. here
1: this was the match that i cared for uh as a kid watching this Oh and, God, yeah. Uh, i think it was an awesome match now uh, i think every time these two guys always met it was always a match and that was two of my favorite wrestlers going up against each other sting versus the macho man randy savage for the wcw world heavyweight championship uh what else can i say more other than you know it was pretty much a good back and forth action i do want to add that macho man obviously was accompanied to the rent uh, to the ring by the beautiful miss Elizabeth. I always thought she looked so hot in her NW t-shirts, <laughs> but uh, anyways, gorgeous. Uh, gorgeous. <laughs> uh, I, I miss her. Rest in peace. Uh, so Liz uh, hits the ring after a uh, ref bump. Uh, she takes a bump always has. Right. Then uh, Hogan comes out and pushes Savage and then Nash helps Savage. So again, uh nothing but nwo shenanigans here savage finally wins by power bombing sting so macho man randy savage is the new world heavyweight champion what does this mean for the nwo the only thing I can say is that Hulk Hogan is pissed. So the clo- the uh, the show pretty much closes with Hulk Hogan saying, hey, Nash is not supposed to do that. He's not supposed to be champion. So it was just kind of funny. He was pissed off about everything. So uh, that's where we go from there. So again, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, new champion. Although I, do, I always liked Sting more than Macho Man, I mm-hmm. was happy that Macho Man was champion, even if it was for a short while. Good stuff here.
0: I agree. Uh, the 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 match, um, I think, could have used more time of the back and forth, to be honest, but I still enjoyed it. Uh, even- yeah, I,
1: I mean, just the, the small amount of time that they had, it was incredible. But obviously, the whole story was built around Hogan and, and Nash not seeing eye to eye. And right. I think this was the first time that we actually saw uh uh you know Nash and Savage had already had some sort of history going on with this whole breakaway yes. but this already solidified them as working together to just stick it to Hogan so if you want to call this the beginning of the wolf pack so be it i'm pretty sure it's right around the corner and we'll definitely get there as uh, we move along with our WCW Thunder Spots
0: yeah and the, and the fun thing is we just saw in the previous uh pay-per-view um Sting retain the title via shenanigans of Savage yes. helping Sting win and you um go. He, he said another future member <laughs> Spoiler and he, alert, guys. well yeah the red the red and the red and black face paint yeah that was... and, and
1: that that happens uh his turn happens on wcw thunder so looking forward cool. to that episode
0: um so there's some story there's some story continuity there where savage helps sting win savage yeah. thinks he's better than sting the cage match happens where uh savage gets involved but shit happens which was garbage but Hey, at least the story makes sense, I suppose, later on. And then now we have Savage beat Sting, but Nash, because of the infighting with the NWO, uh, helps Savage get the win. Pretty cool. There was one particular moment in the match that didn't set right with me, and that was how long it took Hogan to come down and push Savage off the top turnbuckle as he was going for the elbow drop. He he seemed to be up there for, like, an hour. (laughs) You know, he's pointing his hands at the sky as he does before his elbow drop, but he was there forever. <laughs> so that was just kind of mistimed. Um, but minor, minor complaints. Overall, Rad, this pay-per-view is my favorite WCW pay-per-view we've done to date on this podcast, and it's not even yeah. close.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was a really good pay-per-view.
0: This was excellent. Oh.
1: Uh, you know, I, I, I do have fond memories of both Super Brawl and Uncensored, but they're narrowed down to maybe just a couple of matches. I want to say this one overall, I have to agree with you is the best one so far.
0: Yeah, the whole card was good. I was I was excited for every single match. Even the frickin' Buff Bagwell match got me. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, good so that, story that, there. That, that's
0: saying something. The Buff Bagwell Scott Steiner and Lex Luger <laughs> with Rick Steiner, three of the four guys I don't really care about, but um, somehow even that match was good. The Bat match. Had me interested because the, the the Roddy Piper was on fire um, with the stories being told. Uh, Raven wins the U.S. title, which a fun match. Even though the crowd didn't care for a few of these matches, like uh, Prince Ikea and uh, heavily booing the Bulldog Hennig. Like as a fan looking on the outside, I was into mm. it. Um, I I really look forward to the next couple weeks of Thunder. I want yes. to see the fucking tag titles back. <laughs> yeah we, we haven't have seen to. him in months <laughs> yeah you know it's nash and nash and uh hall have the tag belts but we we haven't seen them because of all this uh nash going with the giant and uh the NWO fighting
1: oh well there there is a payoff at slamboree which is only a month away so we're probably going to review about three or four thunders before that Yes, uh, good stuff happened there. So, yeah, we're definitely going to see some major tag team storyline.
0: Yeah, it's just it's just been something I've noticed over the past few weeks where the tag titles are just they're they're not just being used; they're absent completely. Yeah. So I bet they're on I bet they're on Nitro, but on Thunder, we just haven't seen them, even though the guys have been on Thunder. Oh yeah. Well, alrighty. Uh, that does well. What, what what did what else did you think of the pay per view as a whole? as we start to close out the cast?
1: Oh, uh, uh, Spring Stampede, nostalgic. I'm um, having fun revisiting all these uh, shows from my childhood. I uh, definitely watched both programs, always flip back and forth between Nitro and Monday Night Raw, but uh, I was always a WCW guy, and just pretty much seeing uh, all these NWO guys in there, all my favorites, Kevin Nash, Macho Man Randy Savage, uh, to WCW guys, Sting, Goldberg, Lex Luger, you name it. Just brings back a whole ton of memories, and that was from a time that it was a, a great time to be a wrestling fan. So good stuff.
0: All right. Well, with that, uh, we got some shout outs here. Cool. Uh, if you want some shout outs on the cast, I, 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 I try, I've been trying to, um, lay out a tweet of when we plan to record. And if you want a nice little simple shout out on the cast, you can just, uh, retweet or like the pin tweet on the profile a day or two before the, we record the cast. Mm. uh rad you you're one of them good shout out to you <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh callous charm hell yeah cool uh the late drinkers podcast and uh costa who retweets awesome. just about everything we do so cool shout outs cool. there thanks a lot guys and uh if you want to join a retro community whether it's a retro wrestling slash video game anime or what have you you just enjoy nostalgia uh, I recommend checking out the Retro Twitch Discord community, or head over to Retro Twitch on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we're kind of partnered up with them. It's a fun little community. I I don't talk a whole lot in it, but I do like uh what's the word lurking. <laughs> yeah. I just like the conversations everyone have in there. It's 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 very cool. You can hit up Gilo underscore UK, G I L O underscore UK. He can get you in there. A lot of international flavor in there and um onto our wrestler rankings our first one of the of the new year Ooh, got a this top... is
1: where the uh, math begins
0: this yeah. is where the math begins so uh, I doubt walter is going to uh have a uh, a runaway with it in 2019 but we're doing something different because the landscape has vastly changed we're no longer Did you doing see
1: the the uh, UK thing going on today yeah, okay. yeah i'm pretty watch. sure you marked up for that then i don't uh, want to spoil anything here on the podcast i but...
0: mean yeah we'll talk about it on the next one uh, i did have i did i did have a boner i, I will say that much <laughs> <laughs> did pop one all right so we're no longer doing our three tier uh rankings we're we're breaking it down to uh just a single ranking this year and we're doing a straight top fifteen so and then a top ten for women still um makes it a lot more simple and a little bit more competitive i would i would yes. think
1: yeah it does
0: and we're doing this because as i said the landscape has just so vastly changed uh and we're covering and since we're also covering less wwe and ring of honor that uh i think it's just going to be easier to keep track of all rather than forcing names at times mm-hmm. so 15 working our way 15 up uh fifteen's timothy thatcher 14 tracy williams 13 orange cassidy uh, you might not recognize those two team- those two names but that is from uh, the Beyond Wrestling show that I went and saw myself uh, 12 LAX, 11 Chris Jericho 10 Aussie Open from Progress in their tag match, 9 Ibushi, 8 Okada 7 Jay White, 6 absolute goddamn Andy <laughs> 5 Pete oh, Dunn 4 Tyler Bate for their amazing 30 plus minute match in progress, 3 William Osprey, he's back on top 2 Kenny Omega 1 Hiroshi Tanahashi
1: very nice I like this list
0: a lot of Wrestle Kingdom ones as expected but uh yep there's some it's some guys some guys slipped in there yeah uh and then the women 10 up uh Momo Watanabe at 10 9 Kigetsu, 8 Starlight Kid 7 Hazuki 6 Jun- Jungle Kiona 5 Utami Hayashashita a fun name to say 4 Hikaru <laughs> Three, Risa Sara. Two, Sukasa Fujimoto. And one, Maya Ukihi. So, a lot of stardom and ice ribbon names on the list this time. Uh, but hey, uh, the WXW women's matches on their last one uh, weren't impressive and neither were the progress ones. Uh, the Beyond Wrestling ones had good women's matches, but they were at like... A, it was a 10 person tag, so hard to really pick out anyone single from there. Uh, but I will, I will say that uh, Cobra Moon... And uh, Penelope Ford, very—they—they they were bright spots in that match. For sure. Well, and that's the list. Um, I'm sure we'll see more WWE names make the list in the next cast, since that's more WWE style. Sure thing. Yeah. I did hear. I did hear uh, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, and Carmella had a good showing on SmackDown this past week.
1: So I heard. Yeah. Yeah. But hey. But I'm. Um... Pretty sure it was only from two of them.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, you might be right. Uh, it was yeah. probably Charlotte. She was terrible. I mean, she 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 know, she doesn't know what she's doing in that ring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there was a fucking dance break or something in it. Still, so. yeah, as always. All right. Uh, if you want to join us, Redly Fretrocast, hit us up on Twitter, the Instagram at Bowling JD. Hit up my boy Rad Zero. He's got a YouTube page at Rad Zero also got a twitter hit him up there plenty of cast going forward um and yeah this has been episode 22 of the WrestleCast, and we hope to see you next time red thank you for joining awesome. me yet again
1: as always thank you for having me judy